Thank you, Hillary. It is Stu and Pat in for Glenn. We'll get to that in here in just a moment. Uh, first, are you ready to protect your budget and home should something go wrong? I'm sure you probably think uh, you've got homeowner's insurance, so you're covered. Uh, but it's easy to forget about all the things that insurance doesn't cover, uh, like, you know, I don't know, your old HVAC unit, uh, kitchen appliances, plumbing, home warranty plan from American Home Shield can help cover the cost to repair or replace these items should they break down. As the nation's largest provider, they've paid more in home warranty claims than any other company. That's added up to more than $2 billion the past five years. And did you know that you're 28 times more likely to use your home warranty than in homeowner's insurance? Uh, their plans, of course, hope, uh, you know, to protect you from, you know, it's up to, I think, 21 essential uh, home systems and appliances from damage and, uh, caused by everyday wear and tear and even stuff like tablets and flat screens and all stuff, stuff like that. No inspections needed. No proof of maintenance required. They've got plans and pricing to fit every budget. Go to ahs.com slash Beck, save 50 bucks and start protecting your home and budget from the inevitable breakdown that could happen at any time. ahs.com slash Beck, ahs.com slash Beck for 50 bucks off any plan. Limitations and exclusions apply. See plan for details. Back with radio show here in just a second. What you're about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to it. It is Pat and Stu for Glenn, Glenn Beck Program. He was actually uh, planning to return today, right? And then I think his doctor said, yeah, take one more day off before you come back to work. So uh, he's doing that. I, th- I think other than that, though, he's he's doing pretty well with the with the COVID thing. That's, if that's what this is. Good to hear. And good I to just hear. assume that's what this is, mm-hmm. but I don't know that for a fact because nobody seems to be talking about it. At least he's not. He, has he said to anybody, "Hey, I've got COVID now," and uh, I don't think he's had the test, right? So he doesn't I don't know for sure. Think so even if he had the test, he probably wouldn't have the results yet. Yeah, that's true. So it you got to wait eighty four days. Eighty four days to find out. Yeah. <laughs> but they will tell you in uh, you know right, right around the time the Super Bowl uh, is, is being <laughs> yes. played, they will tell you if you had COVID or not. Really timely. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, the campaign seems to be heating up a little bit. Uh, Joe Biden has actually been asked some things that I've been waiting for people to ask him about. We'll get into that and much more coming up in 60 seconds. This is the Glenn Beck Program. If you're one of those people who suffers from frequent unrelenting pain, it's time to get proactive. Something like two-thirds of people who have frequent unrelenting pain just give up and just say, ah, you know, this is the way life is going to be. But you know what causes most of that pain? Inflammation. Our joints swell within our body, and that lights up your pain receptors like a Christmas tree, uh, and then you've got the major problems. Now, maybe you've lived with this for a long time. Maybe you think there's nothing that will give you your life back. Why not give Relief Factor a try? It's not a drug. It was developed by doctors, and 70% of people who try it go on to order more. You can order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. It's only 20 bucks. You got a, a problem that you're dealing with with years and years. Why would you try a $20 solution and see if it helps you? I mean, it helps most people. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. That's 800-500-8384 or relieffactor.com. It's relieffactor.com. 
so uh, Joe Biden was asked yesterday about the cognitive thing. I Somebody finally had the giblets to bring it up, which is interesting because he's kind of laughed it off in the past, sort of joked about it. Yeah, I'm tested all the time. Right. Are you? Are you? Really? <laughs> How does that? You're, I mean, you're being, cognitively tested all the time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's one of those questions that you, of course, as Joe Biden realize eventually someone's going to ask you yeah you have to assume and be prepared for it and i think i think it shows that joe is pretty prepared for this one (laughs) yes you know he had a great line to fire back didn't he though uh he really got through all the words he was trying to say in the right order (laughs) you know (laughs) well you be the judge okay okay here it is have you taken a cognitive no i haven't taken a test why the hell would I take a test? Um, okay, whoa. Come on, man. That's like saying <laughs> oh, you, man. before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, oh, huh? I, why would I'm you? sorry. Are, wait, are you a junkie? What do you say whoa. to Pause President it for a second Trump. if you can. Are you asking a black man if he's a junkie? Uh, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that what just transpired here? Seriously, if this was Trump. Yep. That'd be the only thing people would be talking about. Yes. And it's interesting yes. that he... he Biden seems to get in trouble when he tries to be to to, to relate to the peeps. You know, when he yeah, gets come into, on, come on, man, man come on. Okay, you put up for me. You're, you ain't black. You know, like it's that. Yeah. it's that vibe that he keeps getting yep. uh, in big trouble with. And this is just the beginning of of this this clip. I mean, because yeah, you I see his reaction. Clip. First of all, it's ridiculous for you to ask me if I would have. He's a pissed about test. it. He's pissed off about it. And then he tries to kind of joke his way out of it, saying it would be as if we just tested you for cocaine, which, again, you see what he's doing there in normal times. Now, and again, if the guy was sniffing and uh, kind of wiping his nose and he had some white residue under his nose, there might be reason to ask him if he's a cocaine addict because there's some evidence of it. That's why you're being asked, Joe. There's plenty of evidence that you have a problem with cognitive abilities right. right now and it's not even it's way past the point of being funny and it's yeah it, it, it's frightening and it's it's terrifying that he could be president but it's also really sad what he's apparently going through yeah i go back and forth on this because sometimes it just you know he strikes you a certain way and you yeah. can't help he's a, he's he, he's su- he's supposed to be a competent member of society he's running for yeah. president and for one of the two major parties right and so it's hard to not look at it and just say gosh this guy's a buffoon i mean he just con- continually makes an idiot of himself mm-hmm. and then you kind of stop and realize well this is by the end of this clip i i switched from from laughing from, to crying yeah <laughs> you know i mean it really it's it bad. gets ugly and we should point out he really does answer the question here which is interesting um he answers yeah. his own question you know why do i have to take a test well you're about to hear why yeah, <laughs> you're about to hear it, and uh, he he just butchers this answer in about 15 different ways. Are, are you a junkie? What do you say to <laughs> President Trump, who brags about here, his test and makes your mental state an issue for voters? Well, if he can't figure out the difference between an elephant and a lion, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Did you watch that? Look, come on, man. I I, I know you're trying to goad me, what? but I mean, I'm so forward looking to have what? an opportunity to sit with the president or stand with the president in debates. There can be plenty of time. And by the way, as I joke with him, you know, it, I, I shouldn't say it. I'm going to say something I don't I, I probably shouldn't say. Anyway, 
I am, uh, Wait, I am very what? willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fil- my physical as uh, well as my mental fil- fitness. Oh my gosh! Uh, God, that's as sad. he's telling us, he's willing to allow us, uh, like he has a choice, right. to judge his physical and mental fitness. He can't even get through that sentence. Can't get through it. And the the scare. Oh uh, man! Perhaps the scarier part of that is immediately Ooh. before he says, I'm willing to have everyone judge my physical and me- mental fitness, he looks down at a piece of paper. He's seemingly reading... Oh, I bet he was. Yeah. ...the idea that he wants people to judge his mental fitness. Wow. He's reading it off of a paper because he can't remember what he's supposed to say. And if you remember correctly, he's... He mentions the elephant and the lion because that was part of the cognitive test that mm-hmm. Trump talked about. It wasn't an elephant and a lion. It was a rhino and a lion. <laughs> really? So we got that part wrong, too. Uh, and he says, uh, well, he says a few words out of order there. Where he says, I'm, instead of I'm so looking forward to meeting Trump in a debate, he says, I'm, I'm so forward looking yeah. to meet, meeting Trump at yeah. a debate. So he shows us many instances, many reasons why people are asking about its cognitive abilities. Yeah, and he, he seems to laugh at a very strange <sighs> moment where nothing happens. He's, at the very least, like, like, let's look at the very best, for, read on this for a second. Mm-hmm. You know, he's trying too hard. He can't read the room. Right, this guy is a serious interviewer who's trying to interview him and ask mm-hmm. serious questions. He's laughing on top of him. He's acting like it's a joke. He is now again. I know it's virtual, but he has no sense of what he's supposed to be doing in that moment. Um, and I, you could theoretically look at the end of that. One of the excuses they've given for Biden over these years is that remember this whole thing where they said his stutter. He had a stutter when he was a kid. And then he got it to go away, and now it's coming back, which scientists kind of say isn't really how that works. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Doctors have said that after afterward. But that was a big excuse. Apparently, he did have a serious problem. The last part of it, to me, you could look at and say he's, he's having a stuttering issue with it. He, you, you could see him trying to struggle his way through fitness, and he keeps saying Phil. He, he just keeps going the wrong way with it. He's going mm-hmm. to the L instead of the T. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see him kind of just like push it through, push the word fitness through. In a way, you could maybe give him a break on that one small part of it. But you look at the whole thing as a whole, there's no way to explain it. There's no way to explain it. He is all over the board. He's he's mm-hmm. he's legitimately expressing the wrong emotions at the wrong times. It's as if he's at a, he's laughing through the funeral and he's crying through a comedy show. It yeah, is a weird, weird moment. It, it is weird stuff. Packed with, 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 with strangeness. And the terrifying part of it oh. is that he could be president of the United States. But for how long is the question in my mind? If he, if he were to beat Trump, which, heaven forbid, please, <laughs> by all that is holy, please no, please. <laughs> but if he were to become president, uh, how long does he last in office? And who is it that finally removes him? Does he step aside on his own? Does a doctor move into this thing and say, this guy's not fit anymore? How will that work? Uh, did you see the clip the other day, Pat, where he was walking out and he wanted to go talk with the media and he, his aide is grabbing his sort of wrist and kind of pulling him through, which isn't you know that crazy when you're talking about, you're trying to get someone to move. Mm-hmm. And he starts to walk over to the media and you can see her fingers dig into his wrist. <laughs> 
like mm. no you're coming this way uh you didn't, you didn't see this clip? I didn't it's see it. really no. disturbing mm. um, and i think more it's not like they're just controlling him they're just saying good god don't let him talk to anybody yeah. and it seemed like yeah. how you would honestly like drag your grandpa through a situation where he was supposed to go one direction you're trying not to be obvious about it you can see you know the fingers the nails kind of dig into his arm being like no let's say what you would almost do with like a dog or you'd pull the leash a little bit one direction so they know to go that direction Mm -hmm. that is this is not right guys this is not right this man obviously can't do this and they keep trotting him Mm -hmm. out there as if we're supposed to accept he could be president of the united states yeah it's insanity it, it, it's it, are there any patriots around him seriously you have to wonder is there anybody who cares uh-huh. enough about this country to come out and say and, and maybe there are people behind the scenes that are saying joe don't do this okay let's you know yeah. don't do this the time has passed for that though right i mean he's it gonna has. be no, he's gonna be the nominee in a week yeah you know uh, i think there's now after that maybe there's a chance they could switch it out i don't know i, I just look at this and you just you just mm-hmm. see you see him crumbling i mean the man mm-hmm. can't do this he can't do it and so you you might say if you're like a democrat and you think okay trump's really bad we can't have him in there let's get joe elected and then once joe gets elected we'll all run the show back here you know he'll chime in once in a while but we'll pretty much ignore him and then eventually he'll probably wind up leaving and we'll probably replace him with whoever this vp is that's why i do really legitimately believe this is the most significant vice presidential announcement hugely in american yeah. history at least modern history yeah it's hugely significant who biden picks here and mm-hmm. you know we, normally you might say well they're all liberals like the difference between some you know aoc clone and a normal democrat for this pick is really a big deal for all of us mm-hmm because if you get you get an AOC clone in there, and there's some that are in, I mean, you know, Karen Bass is basically a communist, like, and she's she is she's on the short list on the short list. Like, cause, I mean, I don't, I can't imagine he's going to pick her because literally no one knows who she is. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, uh, at least like you know, Sarah Palin wasn't familiar to the American people either, but she was a rising star. Bass is what 66, been around for a long time. You know, has all sorts of dirt they're going to be able to look through, and and you know, Trump is going to have fun with that one. Mm-hmm. With Susan Rice, like they're going to have fun with some of these, um, but. It is a strange, strange time because the media is acting as if this is okay and normal. Like a, they, they, you're, mm-hmm. it's like they're running almost a zombie candidate. They're not even trying to have someone who's it would even make the case that he's competent to do this job right now. It's clear. Look at these clips. Every time mm-hmm. the man speaks. In public, mm-hmm. one of these things happens. Well, listen to his China policy. Did you uh, did you see the China policy speech? Because um, this is powerful. I think you'll oh, like okay. this. Oh, yeah, good. this is really good. The way Trump, the way China will respond is when we gather the rest of the world that in fact invades in and free and in open trade and making sure that we're in a position <laughs> that the world uh, that, that that we deal with WHO you, the uh, right way. That that in uh, fact. That's when things began to change. That's mm. when China. That's when uh, that's, China's behavior is going to change. I'm sorry. What? 
Well, okay. I've is inv- that pretty clear that he spelled that out? That's pretty clear now, well, right? He's invavened it. Uh, I don't. I'm not exactly he's sure. He's invavened it. I don't know what invavened means, but I think that's what he said. Invavened. <laughs> and I, I, it's one of those things. It feels like it should be a word. It does. I mean, it's invavened not. is a it's a good sounding. It sounds like a real yeah, word. Like is. maybe I'm just not familiar with. Is invavened a word? <laughs> it might. Maybe it, it is. You know, I maybe. I really should check before I start I'm making sure fun I of I'm sure I don't them. know every word in the English language. There's a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, and he's been might be one. Some of them he's been bringing back, like malarkey. Like, I mean, I yeah. know malarkey, but it's been right. a while since I had heard it. <laughs> <laughs> and he brings that one back. Maybe Invaven's like an old-timey... Maybe. I, look, I... He's struggling to get through any of this. One mm-hmm. of the things they, they uh, wrote about in this uh, uh, story about him, a very lengthy story about his stutter... This is when they were trying to explain, hey, we swear this is just like, it's a minor thing, does not going to affect his job at all, is that he would try to create workarounds for words. He could feel that he couldn't get through a word coming up. You know, he knew he was going to say invavened, and he, he was like, crap, I'm not going to get, get that through invavened, yes. so I better come up with a workaround. So he would come up with other like synonyms. He would essentially map himself around the word so he wouldn't have to say it. And that's how he dealt with it as a kid. Um, you almost can see that happening. He does here. it now. Yeah. yeah, like he can't. The real half the reason he doesn't make sense all the time is because he's constantly like rewording his sentences on the fly or something. It's it, it, I, that's not going to work with word world leaders. Like how you communicate is important. It's, it's kind important. of important. Yeah. Do I have to say these things? And one of the things he's doing is etc. When he runs yep. into trouble and he can't think of the rest of, for instance, mm-hmm. the Declaration of Independence, uh, yep. it's like, et cetera. We the, we the people, et cetera. Or I, I've gone too long. That was a big one he used in the debates. You yep. heard him in that first clip long. say, uh, uh, say, oh, I'm going to say something I, I'm going to regret. I don't, I'm not, I don't want to say that. Like a lot of times it's not he's describing something else. He can't get through what he's saying. He doesn't know he's lost where he was going. Yep. So he acts as if he's interrupting himself as sort of a trick. To make it seem like, oh, he's just trying to be responsible. That's not what what's happening. He's lost it. Yeah. He's lost where he was going. Sadly, yeah. That's terrifying. I, I think that's that. exactly what's going on. More in 60 seconds. You don't uh, think about how important it is to the aesthetic of your house to have good window coverings until the day someone notices them and makes some offhanded remark like, oh, I didn't know you routinely let werewolves jump through your windows. That's interesting. It's a good look. This summer, strike while the iron and everything else is hot and get yourself some new window coverings at Blinds.com. Blinds.com has been in the business of providing quality and affordable window coverings for over two decades now. I have them in my house. They're going to uh, make sure that you not only get the blinds, shutters, or whatever type of covering you want, but also that it looks great and it isn't going to cost you a small fortune to buy. Blinds.com is there to help every step of the way. They have over 30,000 five-star customer reviews and they guarantee the perfect fit for your windows whether you do it yourself or have them measure and install everything for you. You have absolutely nothing to lose. Go to blinds.com now to take advantage of this week's special savings on interior blinds, shades, shutters, even outdoor shades. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's blinds.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. That's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. So you know, then you've got uh, President Trump having a little trouble uh, yesterday as well 
was not a good day for the presidential candidates. Yeah. Uh, the Yosemite thing, did you, did yeah. you see how that went? That, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, unfortunate. Have you never seen the word Yosemite before? Yosemites? Uh, it does seem like there's a there's an odd thing with Trump where there's just certain words he's just never seen. Right. It does uh, seem like that. It does seem like occasionally this happens. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, the sad part is we're sitting here hammering Biden. They did a poll on who has a bigger problem with cognitive decline and more people said Trump. Now, part really? of that is because Trump's in everyone's face every day, right? Biden, yeah. no one's seen Biden. You know, it's only conservative media that's showing this stuff. That's so true. the American people have no visibility really into this see it other than a couple of moments at the debates. Yeah. But I think I'd argue it's it's getting much worse since the debates. I think it is, yeah. And once you get on the major stage where people are really paying attention, you you can't be protected by 12 different candidates where you can say, oh, I'm out of time over and over and over again. It's not going to be like that when it, when it's Trump versus Biden. It's only two people on that stage, mm-hmm. and that is going to be a much more difficult thing for him to navigate. Yeah, he. I don't think he wants any part of the debate. No, I really I, don't. If I seriously, if I were a Democratic, I'd operative, be telling him we're not doing we're any not doing debates. It. COVID, it's really bad. COVID's bad. We I would say we the hell away. Dignify this guy by mm-hmm. debating him or whatever you have to say, but th- I'd be avoiding it right. if I were them. And he's winning the polls, right? Uh, he's at the yeah, situation. Supposedly, I know. I know. You know, people go after the polls, and and they they're not always perfect. But you know, there's a pretty large margin right now. Trump. I think if Trump doesn't improve the situation from where it is right now, he's going to lose. Well, so, so he, uh, funny, I mean, he has plenty of time to improve it, and and there's a lot of reasons to believe he can, uh, especially these debates, <laughs> which is why yeah. I'd be like, if I were Biden's team, I, I would, I would, I would say, you know, he's just he's busy. That day. He's you busy. Know, I have to say, I'm sorry. He's got a he's got an appointment, and he can't be there that particular night. Uh huh. And just try to play it out because your best chance to win this election is for no one to ever see Joe Biden again. Right. right. Yes. That's the I mean, that's, be- your that best chance. That is true. Uh, so we'll see. Now they said I think they're trying to organize one for for early September. So they're trying to get him to agree to uh, do one pretty quickly. And they're going through the moderators and who would be acceptable to both sides. And, of course, uh, President Trump wants Fox News uh, moderators. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm sure Joe Biden wants CNN moderators. So we'll see if they meet in the middle somewhere. Or maybe they just don't get that done. And maybe that'll be the bone of contention that they can use to get out of it completely. Who knows? Uh, Look, it's a terrible tactic and it's awful for this country. But if your goal was to make Joe Biden win... Your goal needs to be to make these debates disappear. Yeah. Exactly right. (laughs) It's just the way you have to do it. 888-727-BECK. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. In Maryland, where public schools are cool and private ones are still icky, apparently, a criminal scheme has been uncovered unrelated to the school thing. Maryland state officials have uncovered nearly 50,000 falsified unemployment insurance claims, adding up to more than $500 million. Guess where all the information for that came from? If you guess identity theft, you're paying close attention because every single day we're putting ourselves out there on the internet and every day more of us are having our identities stolen by cyber criminals. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft affect our lives 
And it's even more important to be protected. That's where LifeLock comes in. LifeLock detects a wide variety of identity threats and will help you prevent them or recover them if you've already been uh, recover from them if you've already been victimized, which is a tough process. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can see threats that you might miss on your own. Join now and save up to 25% on your first year by using promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK for 25% off. It's 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Code is BECK. Uh, still voting going on for the Radio Hall of Fame. If you want to go to uh, vote for Glenn, go to radiovote.com. You can cast one vote per email address. Welcome back. 888-727-BECK is the program, as the uh, phone number. It's uh, Pat and Stu on the Glenn Beck program. Uh, we are uh, in for Glenn today. He's uh, out sick. Hopefully be back tomorrow. Look at the... Look how close we are to this thing already. We are in election season. I think this has snuck up on a lot of people because, I mean, I, you know, you had the COVID thing and no one was paying attention. Then you had, I don't know, all of our cities burning to the ground. That was kind of a big issue. Mm-hmm. And now we're like, wait, what? It's election time? We are we're under 90 days away from the election itself. Yeah. Right now. 89 days until the election. So, you know, less than three months. We're 11 days from the Democratic Convention. 18 days from the Republican convention. Which so that's going to be held on the White House lawn, right? I, I, they're saying now his something. speech might be there. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was scheduled for North Carolina. Then it was moved to Jacksonville. I think it was canceled back there. To, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know what's mm-hmm. going on. Then the first presidential debate, you mentioned they were, might be trying to do one early. I mean, if Biden starts adding debates to this, he's insane. There's three that are scheduled. If I were him, I wouldn't go to any of them. Or if I, got, I went to the first one and it mm-hmm. went okay... Then I wouldn't go to the next two, you know. Like yeah. I, I would try to avoid them at all costs if I'm trying to win the election. But uh, that's 54 days away. The first debate. Wow. So uh, we we are coming up on this fast. 62 to the to uh, uh, the vice presidential debate. Then it's 70 days until the second president uh, presidential debate. 77 days until the third presidential debate. And there's a 12 day split between that third debate and the election. So it's it's pretty tight schedule there once you get to the end of september it's all packed into one month and there's no hiding once <clears throat> once it gets to the debates there's there's no hiding your cognitive skills for joe biden you can't uh i think the american people are going to see those who haven't seen it yet because the mainstream media pretty much avoids it all mm-hmm. and the only place you see it is you know with us and other conservatives on talk radio and fox news and that's about it so if you if you don't frequent those places you're not going to know his declining cognitive ability. And what's the best argument that Trump isn't going to be able to wipe the floor with with uh, Biden in these debates? The best argument to me where you'd say, OK, Biden might be having some tough times, but he's not. You're exaggerating. He's not in full cognitive decline. The the best argument would be he just went through a zillion debates, right? He just did this during the campaign. Now, he didn't do well in those debates, but he mm-hmm. did well enough to win the nomination, I mean, he did well enough. He he went he went from really bad to kind of bad was his range. But the kind of bad is enough to probably uh, to make some people feel OK about it. He had a couple of debates in there where he he screwed up a few times, but he wasn't terrible. Some of the debates he was mm-hmm. legitimately terrible. Some of the debates he was just kind of off. It didn't seem like a good performance, but it wasn't complete disaster. 
So the idea would be, well, he just did this. It's not as bad as you say. I think the argument is becoming stronger that this is actually, we're watching the decline during the campaign. You can't compare Joe Biden even from the beginning of this campaign to today. That and there's only two people on stage now. Yeah. Whereas before there were 10. You could hide it. And you could hide it better because you spoke a lot less. Well, not now. Now it's you and the other guy and that's it. My favorite part about that is like Biden kept doing that same trick where he'd be like, look, oh, I'm out of time. Darn it. I'm out of time. Now, everyone else on stage is talking through this bell. They're ignoring all the signals. Yeah. Biden was the really respectful one that just always listened to every single time. Sometimes right. he said that before he even ran out of time. He'd be like, oh, I'm running out of time. I'm not going to be able to get to this. And I think so, one time at least he was told, no, no, you got, you got, you got time. Pl- yeah, you got time. You got plenty of time. <laughs> you got plenty of Another time. Another 90 seconds. Go ahead. That was what they used to make fun of George H.W. <laughs> Bush on Saturday Night Live about because he didn't. he was always just saying thousand points of light. And uh, <laughs> if you remember, that was the Dana Carvey bit. They'd be like, OK, no, sir, you still have 90 seconds. You know, that was the bit. Well, d- well Biden did that 100 times during the campaign. I yeah. don't remember seeing it on Saturday Night Live. Uh, they didn't make fun of that one. But it was a, it was a, it was kind of a little trick that he could do where that would allow mm-hmm. him. Now, remember, Biden in his last debate performance before this campaign was against Paul Ryan and all he did was interrupt and talk over his time. This is not a this is not a polite yeah. guy who just always sticks to the rules. He was most famous for running all over Paul Ryan in the middle of sentences. He would just start talking in that debate. And they're like, oh but Biden really dominated that debate. Yeah, because he wouldn't let the other guy talk the whole time. You know, and uh-huh. Ryan I guess was maybe too polite or was not ready for that tactic. And didn't do all that well in that particular debate. But, I mean, Biden made no sense then. That was 2012. And look at where we are now. Yeah. It's going the wrong direction. There's a there's a video uh, made by Breitbart that uh, tries to show this decline kind of in real time. I mean, here's a chunk of it. The thing uh, that, uh, you know, was totally different than a then the, the it's called he called it the you know the world war ii he had the world the, the war production board wow have you taken a cognitive no test? i haven't taken a test why the hell would i take a test most of the meals i eat quite frankly don't have meat a lot of chicken fair amount of fish it's my little <laughs> sister Valerie, and i'm jill's husband oh no no you switched on me this is my sister. They switched on me. Barack Obama led in the uh, corona, I mean, excuse me, in, 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 in the pandemic that occurred. So I, uh, you know, I, I, I looked at it anyway. I, anyway, the next president who starts tweeting should, anyway. Time's up. My time is up. Keep the plan you have. Thank you, Vice President That's Biden. Funny- okay. Senator Sanders, 45 seconds to respond. <laughs> Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. We gotta, it's just... Yeah. But you gotta, I mean, the, we gotta reassure, look, my, oh boy. my message. Look, look, Pat, look, here's the deal. Meet this crime and crisis. <laughs> it's my coach who says go-to time. Excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone, make sure the kids hear words. There's only a couple things everybody has in common in jail. Number two, can't read. All men and women created by the, go, you know the, you know the thing. I am very willing to let the american public judge my physical and mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fil- fitness go to joe 30330 and help me my name is joe biden i'm a democratic candidate for the united states senate oh man okay mm-hmm. 
Hello? Joe? Come on. Come on, honey. It's time to time to go. That is, uh, That's amazing. I mean, I... It's Again, I go back and forth. I, there's some of those just struck, strike you as funny, uh, but some of them I, I, are just sad. Just sad. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, it didn't help. Of course, the bright part added the dun 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 music throughout <laughs> to, to signal to you that it was sad. But yeah. it was. It is. Looking at it, mm-hmm. it really is kind of sad, man. I, it is. I just, you know, I obviously a big part of this are the people around him. And I don't know what the situation is, whether it's one of those situations where they just want to win and they don't care, or they've tried to convince him to drop out and he's just a stubborn guy who won the election. they're okay with it because they'll be the power behind the throne. Yeah. You know, it'll be kind of a a Woodrow Wilson Wilson post-stroke situation where they just, they kept him away from everybody. He never made appearances. He was completely incapacitated for the last two years of his presidency. And his wife was basically president of the United States. Maybe there's somebody in his, in his inner circle who is thinking of doing the same thing. I don't know. Maybe it's even Jill. Who knows? I, I, I don't know what's going on, but it's, it's tragic, whatever it is. For for him and for the country. Yeah, if you didn't see that on Blaze uh, TV, you can sign up at uh, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Uh, but if you didn't see the video of that, I'm sure Breitbart has it posted on their site. Like, they keep zooming in on the other people in the videos. And, and in, on him in one case. Yep. And he looks so lost. Lost, and the other people seem so disturbed and just trying to kind of keep this a straight face. Yeah. Look, I, I, don't, I don't know... It's different than, you know, people complain about Trump, and but Trump has been the same for decades. It's the, He's the same guy. He has these same sort of character. Uh, he's like, he's that same sort of like character. Uh, I'm trying to think of the word. I can't think of the actual word I'm going for here because it's a very like, it's a very uh, specific thing. But, you know, Trump, I want to say, I'll keep it simple as characteristics. It's not that, though. There's some specific thing that he does, but it's very mm-hmm. central, and it's been central to him since I first saw him on television in, like, 1985. Right? Yeah. Like, Trump has had the same yes. sort of vibe since then. And people don't, you know, you can say you don't like it. They all liked it until, uh, you know, 2015. Everybody thought it was it was great, and everyone loved the way he communicated until 2015. And then he became a Republican and was out there talking about the border and, you know, everyone started not liking the guy. Biden is clearly a different person than even when he even when he was vice president, which was not that long ago. This is happening mm-hmm. fast. And this is, is how it happens, Pat. We both dealt with this in our families. Mm-hmm. You know, it happens fast. All of a sudden you just realize you have this one conversation with a person. You realize, oh, my gosh, this is over. Like This is over. He's losing mm-hmm. it quickly. It's a really disturbing thing to go through in, a, in your family and to watch it happen, not only to the Biden family, which even though I don't like him as a politician, it's hard not to feel bad for him. Yeah. But on the other side of it, it's our country we're talking about here. We're talking about our country here. A guy might become president who has no ability to get through one interview mm-hmm. without completely losing himself in his thoughts. And this is a really bad time for it. Look at all the stuff we're up against oh right now. I mean, we got the pandemic going on. Uh, we've got the racial discord going on, the unrest in the cities, the Antifa stuff, mm-hmm. the violence all over the all over the country, and then and then there's situations all over the world that need to be dealt with. And this is a bad time to have a cognitively disintegrated candidate. 
uh, up for president of the United States. Um, and I've said, I said before, before he was even the nominee, presumptive nominee, we can't not just elect a Democrat this time. We can't ever elect a Democrat to the presidency again. They're too extreme. They're yeah. too radical. And and just have no no seeming plan that that could get us through these tough times. You know, I mean, one of the nope. visions of the Democrats for a very long time, Pat, going back to Woodrow Wilson, uh, was this idea that you just have a figurehead plus experts. Right. A person mm-hmm. who would kind of assign, you know, it's a Philip Drew administrator. Glenn's talked about that book many times on the air. Mm-hmm. This idea that you have basically a person in the middle who administrates and assigns the smart people to the smart jobs, listens to whatever they say. It's experts running the country. It's not a president. I mean, that's not exactly what they're going for here, but it almost they almost I almost like feel like they see a, an opportunity here to execute that vision of government. They sort of did it with Woodrow Wilson after the stroke. Right, where they just sort of were able to uh, have that sort of government led by experts because there was no one actually leading it. Here is the idea that you'd basically have a president who was incapable of doing these things. And you assign that to, you know, when you have the COVID, you just give it to whatever. You give it to uh, whatever expert you have. We get the COVID expert over there. They're running that thing. You got uh, the economic... uh, you know, ex- expert over here, they're doing that. And you just sort of step back and it all just happens to us. That's not the American system. Right. But it's one they've wanted for a while. And they may, they may see that. They may see that as their opportunity to actually execute it. Yeah. And Tri- their experts, by the way, are not experts. Triple eight, nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Or alternatively. Oh, uh, alternatively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, if you're calling this show, mm-hmm. it's probably more like... Triple eight, seven twenty seven back. That. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, have you uh, taken that mask off lately? You're not allowed to, by the way. Not even at home anymore. Don't even try it. No, you need to sleep in it. Sleep and in the mask. They're going to be watching. Yeah. I particularly, I've uh, had a big beach ball uh, that I had blown up for the kids. I just climb inside it every night and sleep inside the beach ball. Oh. That's the way. I'm, I'm okay. I'm kind of protected. I have to close that to nozzle, go. though. <laughs> you got to close the nozzle. Don't forget that. Uh, when you come out of the beach ball, what are you looking like? Maybe uh, the jawline is starting to sag a little bit and you're not happy with the way your appearance uh, comes across. You wouldn't want to catch Superman flying around with a turkey neck blowing in the wind, would would you? I mean, you know, he's got... This is just not what you want. Um, Pat, uh, there's a nice musical interlude over there. Uh, from a, Do you like it? It's very nice. <laughs> It's kind of exciting, actually. Uh, GenuCell summer blowout sales going on right now. When you order the classic GenuCell for bags and puffiness and the jawline treatment, Chamonix is going to double your supply of both products for free. If your jawline could use maybe a little bit of uh, TLC, Chamonix has got you covered. Results are guaranteed or you get 100% of your money back. It's that easy. Order your GenuCell now for a limited time. Not only will Chamonix double your order for free, but you'll also get the GenuCell immediate effects absolutely free as well. It's an amazing deal and you're not going to want to miss out on it. Uh, get your double order free, plus a surprise luxury gift. I mean, Chamonix just loads the stuff on. Uh, they always take care of you. All orders today are upgraded to free priority shipping. Don't wait another minute. Visit GenuCell.com. It's GenuCell.com. G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. It's GenuCell.com. You're listening to Glenn Beck. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program, 888-727-BECK. Uh, we got to get to, I think, uh, sometime during the course of the show, uh, Oprah Winfrey. 
helping us out on our whiteness. I feel good about that. I'm glad that she's finally doing this. She's realized that white people are essentially just bad people. Oh, yeah, I, I <clears> needs to be called out. You know, I white hate white people. people. Oh, I hate me. They I hate are you. Awful. Because we're white. And no matter what, I don't care how much you make. I, I don't care if you're doing well or you're not doing well. You've had a really great life or you've had a terrible life. You're still white. <laughs> Need I say more? No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, no matter what you do with your life, you cure cancer, you cure COVID. You're still white. All right. Like you're still white. At the end of the day, you're still you're white. You're still white. Which and means you got to live awful. with your whiteness. Yeah. You got to live with it. I mean, privilege doesn't mean that you're privileged. It just means you're white. That's all it means. Yeah, but see, there was already a word for white. Why do we need privilege to mean it, too? I don't understand. I'm not sure, but it's uh, it's an amazing... This is an amazing uh, time and an amazing movement that's happening right now. And just try to make white people feel as bad as they possibly can about themselves and responsible for absolutely every ill that has ever happened to anybody anywhere. And if you don't think so... Well, that that proves you're you're racist. That proves your racistness, your racist austerity. Uh, they used it's just these these think pieces on this stuff that are so long, and we could just save time by just saying no matter what you say, we're going to say it's because of your whiteness. So can we just save time? It's exactly what's just happening. Skip the whole conversation. Then. Yeah, we need more of a racial conversation. Do we? Because none of it makes any sense. You just keep <laughs> changing the definition of all these words. Why are we having a conversation about it? So uh, there's that. Also, uh, some new advice uh, from your, uh, this guy's your father, I think, right? Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci. <laughs> yeah, he's my dad. <laughs> he's your dad. Yeah, yeah. People don't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got some helpful things from him coming up and lots more. Thank you, Hillary. Uh, right now, if you're entering the real estate market as either a buyer or a seller, it can really feel like you're rolling the dice and hoping against hope to just hit a seven, uh, you know. And let's be honest, in a way, you kind of are. Uh, there's no guarantee that the housing market is going to stay stable. In fact, in the middle of this, it really doesn't feel that way. Um, we could be into uh, the market could go crazy in a positive way. It could crash. Who knows? I don't know. Um, I, all I know is there is some hope. Uh, realestateagentsitrust.com is kind of like the Radio Hall of Fame for real estate agents. Um, they only let the good people in. That's why Glenn isn't in the Radio Hall of Fame, and it's why... Real Estate Agents I Trust has real estate agents that are in the Real Estate Agent Hall of Fame. Uh, it is a great service because Glenn actually created this a while ago because he was dealing with a, a real estate transaction that wasn't going all that well. I remember him whining about it every single day. Uh, he started this company to say, we need a way to sort through these uh, people for the average person because you're not going to be able to do it. Uh, who has time to go through all that stuff? Realestateagentsitrust.com has the time. They... They do it every single day, and they're the best in the business. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go if you're buying or selling your house and you want to make the most money or get the best price. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Back with more radio here in just a second. Uh, Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. By the way, you can hear my show every weekday morning between 7 and 9 Eastern. 
immediately preceding this one, Blaze Radio and Television Network. You can also check out Stu Does America every night on this network. And both shows are available absolutely free of charge on podcast at any time at your leisure. 888-727-BECK. Uh, we got a lot of lot to get to, and uh, we will get to it in 60 seconds. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Taking your temperature has almost become the new national pastime. For example, as businesses start to open back up and allow employees to come back to work, one of the best tools they have for keeping those employees safe is the ability to monitor temperatures throughout the day. Enter Shelly Heller, Heller and April Pollock. They've launched a national startup called Tempogenics, and what they're offering is called Temp and Toss. The Temp and Toss is the first paper thermometer strip available for retail. It's a really cool product. There's no mylar, there's no battery. Everything is assembled by adults with disabilities and people uh, in recovery at Goodwill Enterprises, East Co. and Better Living. Uh, and when the COVID pandemic came along, Tempogenics released a bulk thermometer option for employers. That includes a dispenser box with options for a 3,000 or 5,000 strip roll. Tempogenics utilizes uh, four other uh, uh, certified women's business enterprises in the printing, packaging, and promotion of their product. It's a really cool product. They do a lot of great things out there. So they're out uh, kind of conquering the free market right now, and they're giving uh, a helping hand to those who need it. What's well, not to love? It's really cool. Temp and Toss is available at tempandtoss.com slash back to work and major retailers, or by emailing Shelly and April at support at tempogenics.com. It's T-E-M-P-A-G-E-N-I-X.com. Tempentoss.com. T-E-M-P-N-T-O-S-S.com slash back to work. And the winner is Glenn Beck. Wait a minute. Who would nominate Glenn Beck to be inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame? Hello and welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, this guy? Oh my god. <laughs> Just trying to be a little more accessible to my peeps. Uh, really? Glenn Beck? And in, in other news. Well, if you think Glenn Beck should be inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame, go to radiovote.com. This guy's brilliant. So everything's awesome, you know, when you're part of a team. And it, that especially applies right now in uh, Portland, Oregon. I, I don't think things, conditions could be any better in Portland, Oregon right now. Beautiful city, beautiful things happening there. It's just, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful, toddling little town. And, and I'm sure that they love the fact that for 70 straight nights, uh, there have been riots. Isn't that fun? It's just great. What's your upper, upper limit? As to how on, many consecutive days you'd want riots in your town? I'd say a thousand. It's that. No, nah, that's not enough. No, fifteen hundred. Because no. that's only what three years, three and a half years yeah, of riots. You're right. Uh, I gotta go with five or six thousand nights. Okay. Yeah. Because at some point, it and might, not missing any in between. No. Yeah, it might be a little disruptive at at some point, but not after seventy days. No. I mean, what about racial justice? Thank you. Uh, what about uh, Thank uh, you. defunding the police? Right. Is that done yet? Because let me know no, when that's not. done. Then we can it's stop riding. It is not done yet. Yeah. Uh, KOIN coin in uh, Portland did a little report on uh, what has been happening in the city. I, th- I think you're going to enjoy uh, and wish that this was happening in your in your town. And maybe it is, as a matter of fact, depending on where you live. Uh, here's a look at what's going on in Portland. 
And it goes a little something <laughs> like this. Cut to from uh, from my morning show. Uh, oh yeah, list of of fabulous videos. The Portland Rioters. Number two. Apparently having a technical uh, issue here, Pat. Apparently there's a glitch Can in give the us, system somewhere. <laughs> Can you give us a little uh, rundown? Uh, yeah, there's uh, there was um, uh, some great chanting la- uh, last night that I learned. And I, I'd <laughs> no, like really? us all to participate. <laughs> every city, every town, burn the precincts to the ground. Ah, you like that one? Every city, every, every town, town, burn, burn the, the precincts, precincts to, to the, the ground. ground. It's got Everybody. a nice flow. Doesn't yeah. it, though? It's yeah. got a really nice flow. And it applies to not just the downtown area. It's every precinct in every town. So yeah. you just burn them all down. Uh, and that's what they're trying to do. And it's uh, there's also uh, some shots being fired on oh. a pretty nightly basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wrapped things up, though, pretty early the other night. They, uh, they were only out rioting until 3.30 in the morning. And then things stopped. They calmed right down after 3.30 in the morning. So they didn't go till dawn. It's not like they're rioting all night long until the dawn. No, that would be ridiculous. It would be silly. So when they say no justice, no peace, the the peace begins at 3.30. I mean, they, they mean no justice, no peace until <laughs> yes, 3.30 until a.m. Until 3.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's interesting because I, we were told that, uh, at least by the media, that's not what they mean. That's not what they mean, Pat. They just mean what they would like to do is change some police policies. It's they don't want to defund the police. Oh, I see. When they say defund the police, they don't they mean... They don't want to defund the police. Defund the pol- no, police. No, no, no. We can't they take mean, that. No. What do they mean then? What they mean is there are certain policies that need uh. to be tweaked. Um, Why don't they say that then? Why don't they... You know what? There are certain policies that need to be tweaked. Well, you could say that. You could. You I could. Mean, but like, I, could. I mean, look how yeah, many syllables. I just did. Look how many syllables that is. It's a lot. It's a... It, is it? It's, yeah, it's a lot more than just the police. More th- yeah, I guess it is. It is significantly more, and you know, and easier. If you just say "burn it down," that's even shorter than. And if it the rhymes, it's really catchy, and you you remember that, right? So every city, every town, burn the precincts to the ground. That uh, is just a catchy little ditty. It, it, they don't but really basically mean what you just said. Translates to there's a couple tweaks in policy that need to be made. Huh? Why are they setting fires then all over the town? Well, the fire in every city and and every town in every town. The the fire itself (laughs) is more of a symbol. Is it for policy tweaking? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. You know, there there's some details in the policies Uh that are are going one way. They just need to be just just the direction just ever so slightly. Ever so slightly. Okay. And other than that, well, that's understandable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's. I think it's going to work out really well. (laughs) Really well. I don't understand why people can't understand this. I'm, I'm I'm fascinated by this as as we go through the past few weeks. In that, like more and more, the idea of winning a logical argument or coming up with evidence that proves a point no longer matters. None of this is. It makes any dent in the way this stuff gets covered. Like mm-hmm. Portland is a great is a great argument uh, there. Every night there are dozens of videos of these same people lighting buildings on fire, hitting police officers in the head with rocks and and bottles, and shooting fireworks at them, and all of these things. Yeah. And yet every ounce of coverage by the mainstream media is how bad the federal agents are. Yeah, and, and how fact, bad Donald Trump is. One of the one of the portions of this report from uh, Coin in Portland was 
uh, because they were on the scene as some of the rioting was happening. And the police were radioing back to uh, the precinct that they were under heavy rock attack. So, I mean, they're just under this constant barrage. And this is happening pretty much every night. But, yes, like you said, all we're focused on are the federal troops there that need to go because that's yeah. the real problem. That's supposed, And, and, and it, it, it seems to make no difference no matter how much evidence you have, no matter how many times you say the same thing, no matter how many times it's outlined, no matter mm-hmm. how many videos you show, they just say, well, no, it's just it's the police that are the ones that are brutal. Yeah. And it's like, well, wait a minute. I, no. I mean, I, again, I, I, I'm not saying that the police have done everything perfectly through this. Mm-hmm. There have been some pieces of evidence that have shown uh, police acting inappropriately, I think, at times. And what happens when you show us those videos is that we say, yeah, that, 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 that's not the right thing. And that, that needs to be corrected. If that person did, you know, committed a crime, that person should be charged. When we show you 50 times the amount of material that shows the other side doing things like that and worse, you just act like it doesn't happen. It's it's it, it just yeah. it's like as if I'm, I'm I have CGI at my house and I'm making these things up every night. It's exactly what's happening. I remember when uh, there was a protest in Provo, Utah, of all places, uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, there was a guy who got stopped by a crowd and they surrounded his truck, and uh, one of the protesters walked up and start and shot him. Uh, through the through the car window and uh, the bullet entered him in the side and he took off uh, because he's surrounded and he's being shot and so he didn't i think his his thought process was kind of hey i don't want to stick around to be shot again mm-hmm. i think that was the process so he he started driving slowly and then it went a little bit faster and people moved out of the way and he he left uh and so my son was arguing one of my sons was arguing with uh some of the leftists who were saying look at this man driving through 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 crowds uh he was shot (laughs) yeah well he shouldn't have been driving through crowds (laughs) no no he was shot before he was shot before he drove through the crowd (laughs) they're just and it never computed it just it didn't register yeah with them uh they they continued the same argument as if Hey, he was being shot at. Just didn't register with people. It's really strange. Yeah, it, it's. It doesn't matter what the protesters do. It's fine, and the cops are always wrong. And this, always. This strategy is fascinating to me because if you look at like people would say, I don't know. Let's just go back a decade. People would say, "Oh, uh, you're racist." They've been making that charge forever, right? Mm-hmm. You're racist, and you'd be like, "Okay, well, here's why I'm not racist." And here's the here's here's why uh, this policy works better than this policy, and you'd explain that out. And they that battle was fought for a long time, and I don't know if it's just so obvious now that they lost that battle, where they kept saying it was things were racist, and everyone knew they weren't. So what they did was just change the definition of the word racist. Now, if you're yeah. just if you're white, you're automatically racist, and there's nothing you can do about it. You're never going to be able to solve that, so you're automatically racist for life. It's like, yes. well, I guess if you're the definition of the word racist is I have white skin. I mean, I don't technically have white skin, but I guess I have peach or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm white, I'm automatically racist. Well, then they automatically win the argument if that's the definition of the word. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, how about these words mean things? Like when I say you're a boy and you're a girl, those words mean something. And when you want to come in and say later on, well, actually, as Ellen uh, so helpfully helped us define, it's just a feeling you have in your head. That's what gender is. Well, that's just another thing. 
You're just coming up with totally new definitions for existing <laughs> words. Mm-hmm. How about let's just keep the words the same and you can make your arguments, but they know they can't win our arguments that way. If, right. the, if the language doesn't move, if it's concrete instead of quicksand, they can't win these arguments. So now they just mm-hmm. change the language as we go. It's, in, it's incredible. Yeah, their, their arguments right now just don't even have to make sense. Uh, I'm not racist. I've never discriminated against anybody. Well, that's your white privilege showing. Wait, what? <laughs> what is what is yeah. what is my white privilege? Well, that's your whiteness. You're just you're you're just white, and you're just saying my race there. So yeah. I thought that was something we weren't supposed to be focused on. Did we do the uh, TCU story here uh, yesterday? I can't remember. I, I, I might. Have, I think, think I did so. it on Stu Does America yesterday. Story about the head coach of TCU football. And he is apologizing now for using the N-word. Gary Patterson? Yeah. He used the N-word. Yeah. Pretty bad, right? Yeah. Except for the fact that when he was using the N-word, uh-huh. it was in the context of yelling at a player for using the N-word. Oh, my So he gosh. quoted the player, but he actually said the word. He didn't say the N-word. Oh, now, man. is that a bad idea as a white coach? Sure, it's not a good... I mean, the easy thing, the easy safe tip here is just never say it, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, can, but still, mm-hmm. context matters here. He was saying it was inappropriate for this word to be used uh, and, and was criticizing its use. So, the players, all they, they start tweeting about how he said the word. So, Patterson gets in trouble. He's now apologizing. The players are oh skipping gosh. the get-togethers and practices. Oh, my gosh. And they say to him, not only do they say, look, we told him, uh, you know, because they're like, we had a meeting, and we, how do we move forward? And uh, we told him he just can't use that word. That's not appropriate for him uh, to use. And then we also told him he needs to stop saying, I don't see color, because he does see color. It's like, this is a full-out frontal assault on Martin Luther King. I don't see color yeah, is, is now racist, guys. Jeez. They've changed all of these definitions. What do you mean? I don't. A colorblind society was supposed to be the thing we were all shooting for. And it's this, a random physical characteristic that means nothing. The color of your skin is nothing. It's just like the color of your eyes. It's nothing. It means nothing. It doesn't define mm-hmm. you. It doesn't. It, there is no culture associated with it. There is no white culture and black culture. Well, look at the black culture of, of black people in the United States and compare it to black people in Africa and tell me they have the same culture. It's totally different. <laughs> the country has a culture. There are areas within the culture that are influenced by other cul- uh, cultures, but it has nothing to do with the sc- color of your skin. White people living in in other countries, white people who grew up in Asia have Asian cultures, right? Like that, Mm. it's much more about your surroundings. The color of your skin is a nonsensical way to categorize people. It's just dumb. And we, just like it would be dumb if we said, you know what, Uh, that person has long fingernails and that person has short fingernails. That person has blue eyes and that person has brown eyes. These these sorts of, this person has blonde hair. That person has brown hair. There's no reason to separate people among these lines unless you're just trying to utilize it for power. We can all acknowledge that in the past people did it, but it was dumb then. That was the lesson of that era. The lesson of the racist era of the past was to learn that racism was dumb. Not to just implement it on another color. Right. Which is what we're doing now. Yeah, exactly. It's insanity. 888-727-BECK. More coming up in a minute.
American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Want to be great when things finally settle down and we go back to living our everyday normal lives? I mean, assuming that actually happens at some point in the future. In the meantime, if you're a homeowner, you might be finding yourself in the same situation as countless other homeowners across the country, up to your eyeballs in debt and bills. Whether you are, you know, are or you're not, if you really need to just consider refinancing your mortgage right now because it's extra money. I mean, percentage rates have dropped into the threes. Maybe they dip down into the twos. I've never seen anything like this before. Part of being fiscally responsible is learning not to just spend your money all the time and more than you earn. Uh, but another part of it is learning to see opportunities and save in areas you normally wouldn't. If you're paying four or five percent on your mortgage, you can do better than that. Give mortgage, uh, give the mortgage consultants at American Financing a call today. Uh, all mortgage companies are getting slammed right now, uh, but mortgage uh, companies, you know, they're not all the same. And you need to get the process going soon so you can start saving money. Be patient. Be prudent. Give American Financing a call today. Call American Financing at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. It's AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds, station ID. So one of the best coaches in college football under fire right now. Is he going to survive this? A lot of times they don't. Yeah, a lot of times they don't. I, 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 it seems like right now he may survive it, but... That'd be amazing I, if he does. I, I'm just amazed at how... Once this starts, it usually snowballs. Yeah. And there's no stopping it. You know, someone sent me a, a clip of Glenn mm-hmm. back in 2010 on Headline News. I think it was 2010. That sound right, timing wise? Maybe it was a little. No, it had to be earlier than that. It was no, two thousand. Yeah. yeah, it was headline news. So it was two thousand, probably eight, six or seven. seven. And he was talking about black liberation theology. Yeah. And every word that you hear now was all brought up in that era from those shows, talking about microaggressions and you know uh, systemic racism and um and Jeez. and all of those all these terms that are now like buzz terms and you're seeing all over the internet. There's a great mm-hmm. piece, and I think it's a ta- uh, tablet uh, that goes through how since about 2011, 2012, all of these terms and all of the major publications have shot through the roof. 1,000, 2,000% increases in terms like, you know, uh, white privilege and, and all these things. They're just all these new terms that the New York Times and the Washington Post decided to just start implementing in 2011, all new and just... All through the roof. And Glenn was talking about it several years earlier. It was all in that situation with you know Jeremiah Wright and the Black Liberation Theology. It's all uh, centered in there. And this is continuing to you know infect our discourse. When 90% of people have no idea even what it means. You listen to, you go through the white fragility argument uh, from this this book that has become relatively famous over the past few months, really. I mean, but it was in academic circles for a while. And this argument is all backward. It has nothing to do with the racism that we've always talked about. It has literally mm-hmm. nothing to do with it. It's a totally different thing. They've just taken the word and they've said, well, racism is def- is a has a negative connotation to it. So let's just call this new thing that we want. We'll just say the opposite of it is racism. Right. And then we can just have the benefit of everyone disliking racism correctly. And then we'll just apply a brand new concept on top of it. And everyone will act like now, if you don't agree with our concept, you're a racist. You don't have to do anything racist. You don't have to say anything racist. Nope. All you have to do is not have been 
anti-racist <laughs> your whole life from the time you were born until now to not be racist. But even if you if do you're that, not, you're still white. Pat. Yes, that's true. You really still don't that get out of true. it. That is true. I mean, she lays this out in white fragility. There is no way out of it. Wow. You can do your best to alleviate the negative consequences you're bringing to this world, but uh-huh. there is no way for a white person to not be racist. It's impossible. They wow. outline it that explicitly in the book. That is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Like, they, wow. well, what the hell is the point of talking about this then? Yeah. You know, it's like what they say with global warming. They're like, oh, no matter what we do, we're all going to die in five years. Like, all right, well, let's have a party then. Yeah. Let's enjoy this a little bit. Let's not worry about CO2. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Let's just burn styrofoam out in the backyard for a picnic. <laughs> Why not? Triple eight seven twenty seven back is the phone number. It's Pat and Stu in for Glenn. They'll be back uh, hopefully tomorrow. He's uh, not feeling well today. We have more coming up in just a few seconds. This is the Glenn Beck program. Do you ever pull out of your driveway uh, in the morning and get halfway down the street and then suddenly have this premonition? I know my car is going to break down today, and then it does. No, that doesn't happen because you're not clairvoyant. And if you are, you've got bigger problems to worry about than your car. For the rest of us, it's hard to see when car trouble is about to strike. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield helps take care of expensive repairs so you don't have to. Their protection plans can save you thousands of dollars for a covered repair. You can pick your favorite mechanic or the dealership to do the work. And best of all, there's no long-term contracts or commitments. CarShield plans are customizable and their payments are, are easy. I mean, 99 bucks a month, they start... Uh, CarShield has helped over a million drivers, which is why they're America's number one auto protection company. Get coverage today and see why uh, CarShield cars go further. Go to 800, uh, call 800-CAR-6000, 800-CAR-6000. Mention the code back or visit carshield.com and use the code back. That'll save you 10%. It's carshield.com. The code is back. A deductible may apply. Go to CarShield now, 800-CAR-6000. The code is back. Check out my show, Pat Gray Unleashed, every weekday morning, 7 to 11, or anytime on podcast. Uh, Look, Stu, I got this uh, bobblehead of your dad. Uh, It's kind of cool. (laughs) It's really Dr. Anthony Fauci right there, (laughs) St. Fauci of DCC, uh, with a little bobblehead. And uh, that's great. I'm glad that. You know, they're really celebrating this guy right now. It's so, I mean, the, the cult around, the cult of personality weird? is weird. It's really weird because with the left, he can do absolutely no wrong. No matter what he has ever said, no matter the, the stuff he was saying in the beginning was completely wrong and completely different than the stuff he's saying now. <laughs> you don't worry about that. We don't even think about that. We don't even talk about that. You can't even bring that up. Well, it's How funny, too, because it's, it's all made under the idea that what you need to do is respect the experts. Well, you know, we have a couple of big experts uh, in, in our, uh, you know, in our government that have been dealing with this directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now all they can do is light Dr. Burks on fire <laughs> yes. because she apparently right. was telling behind the scenes right. that, hey, we need this is how we can reopen and was encouraging the entire time to reopen. And. So the, now the left has totally abandoned her 
because I, I guess she's not yeah. telling the the thing that they want to say. They don't. She's not making the president look bad enough. Apparently, a good example of that is what Pelosi was saying the other day. Because I don't have confidence uh, in anyone who stands there while the president says, uh, "Swallow Lysol and it's going to cure your mm. virus. You know, it'll kill you, and you won't have the virus mm. anymore." I'm not mm. uh, so uh, right. confident. Okay, that's not what he said. But this is why she doesn't no. have any respect for Doctor no. Burks. Somebody, now. when the president says it's a hoax, uh-huh. it's magic, it's going to go away by magic, magic it's a miracle, okay. and all of those things. And all of those things. Should we go back through Nancy Pelosi talk, telling everyone to go to Chinatown uh, in the middle of the freaking pandemic? <laughs> yes, we should. They all Nobody have will, statements but like yes, this. we should. They all, some have more than others, but almost everybody has statements from February and March that are bad. They're, yeah, they're nobody not had all it right in the as beginning. Like, uh, nobody. They're not nearly as bad as like an Andrew Cuomo mm-hmm. who has, you know, 15,000 of these types of statements. What are your thoughts on Andrew Cuomo, <laughs> by the way? I, <laughs> How much time do you have, Pat? Uh, I'd like to get into that. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's fascinating mm-hmm. to see that because uh, it, it has nothing to, you, you the idea that what they're doing is trusting the science or trusting the experts isn't even accurate right right like That's they, right. they 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 pick, they pick the ones that they that agree with them at that time you know they were they will be absolutely if, if fauci comes out tomorrow and says you know what we need to i mean they were talking about this the world health organization came out and said what we need to do is avoid avoid full shutdowns like everything we can do to avoid full shutdowns, we should do. Which makes sense. The World Health Organization said that, right? Yeah, yeah. But that, but that that now the World mm-hmm. Health Organization doesn't agree with what they want. So now they can mm. disregard that. It's not about listening to experts; it's listening to them. That is the bottom line here. Anybody who happens to be an expert that aligns with them, they will be in the shining light mm-hmm. for a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. and then when they start disagreeing, they will go away and they will become they will become quacks again. It's the exact same thing with climate change and and the Michael um, Schellenberger. Yeah, I mean they they don't want you to listen to him at all nope. anymore. He's a kook now mm-hmm. and a complete. Uh, he's a quack. Forty year uh, environmental activist. Yeah, a guy who's been working. He who's a guy who literally went to support and see the Sandinistas. I mean, this is a super liberal guy, a socialist super, back in the day. Yeah, super liberal, progressive his whole life, and looked at the evidence and said, "You know what? Oh gosh, I none just, of it's catastrophic. It's not catastrophic. There's is things, it happening? Yes, yeah, he it's thinks it's not a, catastrophic. He thinks it's a problem. He thinks there's things we should do about it, but right. it's not catastrophic. Stop trying to scare everyone and stop trying to spend trillions of dollars on it because it's not necessary. In fact. Uh, according, and he goes to what I love about that book, uh, which is called um, Apocalypse Never, yeah, right? Yeah. What I love about it is he goes to the sources that everybody cites yep. for the apocalypse and finds out that's not what they are saying at all. Yeah, it's really amazing how often he was able to find uh, Schellenberger, because um, Bjorn Lomborg just came out with a book that it was kind of on the same, the, both of those books as brothers and sisters are fantastic. Both of them you should get. Because you'll go back and refer to him a hundred times when you're talking to your friends about the climate. But Schellenberger in particular was able to take these things that have been permeated the media claims about the climate Mm -hmm. and go and not only just say, actually, this is what the report says, or actually, this is uh, this is what the truth is, which is really valuable. He was able to go to the scientists, to, to the who very the source, source who of, supposedly said it, and interview them, I and then it. have them tell Schellenberger they were misquotes. I can't recommend the book highly enough. It's, it's incredible, fantastic. It, it really is incredible, uh, and it's an incredible, uh, you know. And, and, and look, 
this is why it's 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 sold well, but it's being ignored by the mainstream media. This oh, is a guy who's yeah. on television. They guy, dare not the, challenge him on this the, stuff. The first time I ever heard of Michael Schellenberger was when he was in a, a documentary for CNN. Yeah. That's wow. what he was on it's CNN amazing. in a documentary. Now he's he's the enemy. And his his main point in there is because he's been hearing so often. And he's sick and tired of hearing it because it's scaring the crap out of children worldwide. Like uh, Greta Thunberg, for instance, who's scared out of her mind and uh, running around screaming that the sky is falling. And he's trying to tell them, no, it isn't falling. The sky is not falling. How dare you? So... Uh, he his his one of his big things is that there's no such thing as this apocalypse or this uh, extinction event with humankind. It's just not happening. Not in ten years. Not in twenty years. Not in a hundred years. Nobody's predicting that. And yet, last week uh, or the week before, Joe Biden said, "Science tells us we have nine years." Before the damage is irreversible. That's not no. what it says. No, they don't say they that. They broke it down in, in both of those books. They, they don't say that. that no, they don't say that at all. Uh, you know, there's another claim uh, that 187 million people are going to be underwater uh, if we don't do anything about global warming. And when you look at that, you're like, gosh, that's... Wow. That would be... That's a lot of people. Really bad. Underwater. Really yeah. terrible. Yeah. Um, the problem with... <laughs> The problem so with the water this, is going to rise all at once and yeah, just well, envelop everybody? No one or, thinks about these things, right? Huh? They just say it. 187 million people. Uh, Lombard goes through this in Could they book. not move before yeah. it happens? Well, that's exactly or, it. What these, these, uh, the, there is a paper that says 187 million people will be underwater. And what it says is if humans don't adapt in any way. So okay. right now, large swaths of the area they're talking about are already quote unquote underwater they're below sea level right so but what oh, they've wow. done is adapted the society so people can live there right yeah if if, if water like if the it, netherlands right the netherlands is a great example the netherlands. he does um and he talks about how you could spend a hundred trillion dollars on climate to try to adjust the temperature enough to make this happen and it still wouldn't happen for multiple decades or you could spend you know 20 billion dollars on you know a different way flood um uh, apparatus that would make the flood not happen mm-hmm. and, which is of course what everyone does right yes if, if you if you had if you had a house on the beach and there was erosion and the and the water level was rising you might raise your seawall by a foot right mm-hmm. like that, that's what people do in those situations another one pat they have and these are so the the, the uh to go back to the uh, to finish off on the um the uh, the flooding thing there's 187 million people would have to flood they say if people take basic uh measures in this in the report that everyone is quoting if people take basic measures it's more like 300,000 over the next like 50 years now okay 300,000 over 50 years is, I guess, somewhat <laughs> significant, right? I guess you could still say it's a few thousand a year. Yeah. However, when you look at that with the uh, accompanying uh, improvements, when you don't spend $100 trillion on climate and instead you spend it on things that make people healthy and more and stronger buildings and better uh, structures and maybe some seawalls, right? Mm-hmm. What you wind up with is no effect at all. In fact, a, a much more positive effect. The same thing with uh, heat and cool. They talk about um, all these people are going to die in heat waves. The report literally assumes that no one buys an air conditioner. <laughs> Seriously. It literally so assumes great. no one buys air conditioning. So if you're in an area now, like Seattle, where maybe it's or not... it's not necessary right now. It's not... Yeah, you, you get through the summers. Maybe it's a little mm-hmm. warm on a few days, but you don't need to put in central air. It's the same in Europe. 
Right. Yeah. Right. Because exactly. it doesn't usually get hot. Yeah. And when they're talking about massive heat waves, like like uh, last week, uh, it's usually like eighty eight degrees. Yeah. That's a massive heat wave for them. And people are because they don't for have it. air conditioning. Exactly. They don't need it normally. Now, what would ha- what is the rational thing to assume here? They'll get air conditioning. As it gets warmer, people will buy <laughs> air conditioners. Yes. The air conditioners will get more efficient. They'll get uh-huh. better. They'll get cheaper, just like all of this stuff always does. Mm-hmm. And then people will be able to deal with that. So if, it, if if the temperature rises in Seattle, more people will buy air conditioner and ad- air conditioners and adapt to it, especially as they become better and cheaper. And right. more efficient. So these uh, these things are completely insane. And they look at the worst case scenarios. A lot of them are worst case scenarios built off of other people's worst case scenarios. So mm-hmm. you get kind of this this uh, this effect where it's just accruing and accruing and accruing. And you're so far away from the actual science that, of course, people are going to freak out. It's why Greta Thunberg thinks the world's going to end. And it is affecting especially people in that age group. With their, <laughs> with their mental health <laughs> they're freaking terrified you're telling them the world is going to end all the time yeah of course they're terrified and they're listening to the people that are telling them that because they're, they've been told to you know listen to the authorities mm-hmm. and the, that's what the authorities are telling them so uh it, it's a great book anyway and I, I i can't recommend it highly enough and we we got off on a on a tangent there that a I was actually headed down the uh, Fauci road. Oh, yeah. But because climate change is a jihad for both of us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, once once you start talking about some real facts like he has done in, in that book, uh, it's hard to resist. Yeah, it's true. It's hard and to it, resist because cl- nobody else is doing that. And climate at some level, I think, feels like a low priority <laughs> to some people. But it is their it is the left's grand slam home run. Yeah, stuff even the stuff like COVID, where like a, a a global pandemic, which obviously has affected a lot of economies and done and given all sorts of bizarre opportunities to people grabbing power. It's nothing compared to climate because climate is something that we're talking about hundreds of trillions of dollars they want to dedicate to this stuff, mm-hmm. and it is a problem that cannot by their own science be corrected even if you were to shut everything off and have you know everything was carbon free tomorrow it would still hang up in the atmosphere and cause all sorts of damages for decades and decades and decades it's like a free pass for them to spend money and take control of everything when you're talking about energy you're talking about literally everything it's civilization Mm-hmm. It's they can get control and get their hands on every little piece of society. It's why they love it so much. It's why they push so hard for it. That's not to say that the scientists don't say there are issues there. Some, you know, some do. And, and there there may be things we need to adapt to. But the reason the left and politicians and activists love it is totally different. They can. It's a way to grab control of every aspect of our society. And it's a never ending threat that you can't prove or disprove. It's a goldmine. And that's why we talk mm-hmm. about it so much, because if we don't disprove that stuff and it continues to go down and, and gather steam... It's going to kill us. I, it really is. It's, 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 it's a dangerous, dangerous road. All right. Uh, 888-727-BECK. More patents Stewart for Glenn coming up. So how do you run a business? Uh, well, a lot of people run them very poorly. Uh, but uh, we've had a business here for a while, and one of the big challenges of, of growing, you know, the Blaze and, and Mercury Radio Arts Glenn's company from scratch is to try to figure out what the heck is going on. It's like there's so many different things going on. How do you figure? How do you get all your numbers kind of organized the right way so you can really understand your business? Um, Oracle, uh, uh, the makers of Netsuite, understand this. For years, we've been talking about this sort of dashboard for our companies. Uh, something that can synchronize all of the information flowing from one department to the next. 
something that would make it easy at the end of the day. You'd always know your numbers because if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. We discovered NetSuite and it's been a, a real blessing. Uh, you'll be glad to, you discovered it for your business as well. Join over 20,000 companies who trust NetSuite to go faster with confidence. Uh, NetSuite surveyed hundreds of businesses and uh, they, they assembled a playbook for top strategies they're using as America reopens for business. This is a challenging time and you can get this free guide. Seven actions businesses need to take now. Get your, uh, get your free product tour as well. NetSuite.com slash Beck. Get your free guide and schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com slash Beck. netsuite.com slash Beck. It is Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. He is uh, a little under the weather today, I think. I, I think he was doing better because he was planning to come in. And then I think the doctor said, oh, why don't you take one more day? And so hopefully he'll be back uh, tomorrow. Uh, just in time, hopefully, to get inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame. Uh, Are we going to find out? No. RadioVote.com no, okay. is the place to go. Actually, you have a few more days. I guess it's the 9th. Well, that's the that's Sunday, right? So, tomorrow, yeah. uh, you know, this is the last week. We're Do we know when they compile all the data and make the choice and I don't know. I know, I know the 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 listener vote is a, is a chunk of it, but I, and then there's mm-hmm. other experts and all those other things that, that cast their votes. I mean, it's, it's, it's cool. I don't know. I, part of me thinks Glenn's just out because he's hoping the sympathy vote will put him over the top. <laughs> you know, he's, people are maybe like, it will because he's know, got COVID-19. Yeah, well, we don't know that for you know, sure, but I think he's pretty does. sure I, 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 you know, I mean, his family does. So he must, he's sick and he's been living around people with COVID that have tested positive. And they're staying in the same room. Yeah. Same I, bed. I mean, it's not gonna, yeah, it's not, not very smart. Out. Well, no, you should be when they say quarantine <laughs> and because someone in your house has covid that i don't people yeah. really they find yeah. this is true pat people uh-huh. basically don't listen right like they that, think yeah that, i can still go out shopping i can still go out and get gas i can still i can still hang with my wife one of the reasons we're where we are yeah it really another reason being i don't know protest of thousands and thousands and thousands of people no no in no, every that, city no, in no, this no, country no, 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 no. That, that, that actually, had nothing i'm sorry that had nothing people do don't realize this i got carried away for a if minute. you um enunciate the words black lives matter that disintegrates the virus oh wow yeah it's true the that sound there's something about the sound waves that kind of cuts man. through uh-huh cuts through the virus huh and, and just the just the universal truth that Black Lives Matter what? is enough to kill the virus. I, you're questioning that. Do you not? No, I'm think not. I'm black just making matter? sure I understand because, of course, you don't black care about lives Black matter. Lives. No, I do. I very much so. Very much so. Well, you can't. Do I care you're about white. the organization? No. no, I do not like the organization. <laughs> and maybe it would be nice if people would investigate that a little bit because there's a lot of people just buying into this. And, and I, I have still not seen anyone in the media answer for this. You know, there's not like Trump was talking about this the other day in an interview. And he said, you know, like, like, you got to look at this, look at the stuff they're writing, you know, look at, look at the, this organization. And they'll just be like, they'll just blow by it. Like someone needs right. to stop the interview and go, yeah. no, no, look read at the- this out loud. Yes. Here is what they are saying. Here is their manifesto. Somebody address what they're saying. And this is one of the founders of Black Lives Matter. Listen to what she had to say. We uh, are trained Marxists. Okay, that means something. <laughs> they're trained Marxists. <laughs> they're not even They're not even amateur Marxists. No, they're trained. They're, they're trained. professional. <laughs> professional Marxists. I didn't even know there was a professional Marxist league, but apparently there is, there is now. And she's a Hall of Famer. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's her. Oh, Amazing. Agonizing. And no one will address it. You have to be able... If you want to say, well, that's not what most people are like, you can try that. But again, you have to address that the organization itself is rotten.
Uh, let me tell you about uh, American Financing. Uh, look, how many times a day would you say you pick up your sc- phone and sort of scroll through Facebook for 10 minutes? Uh, if you're being honest, answer probably not zero. Uh, it might be several. Uh, so, hey, look, take that 10 minutes and do something great with it. Uh, let's say you're paying 4% on your mortgage, and if so, you're probably overpaying. How about that uh, credit card debt that you don't like to think about? Maybe you could refinance that as well. If you're a homeowner, it's just about the best thing you can do is refinance your mortgage, and the people at American Financing can walk you through what that might look like. Uh, They're not in it for the bank. They're in it for you. And they can help you get the best kind of mortgage uh, that will serve your needs, save you hundreds of dollars a month, or maybe even over a thousand. Give them a call today. American Financing, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net, 800-906-2440, or AmericanFinancing.net. Refinance your mortgage today. All right. uh, Coming back here with more radio here in just a sec. Glenn. Hopefully Glenn's back uh, tomorrow. But uh, Stu's dad had some things to say yesterday about the COVID situation. <laughs> I want you to know about him because, you know, we have to understand and assimilate and do everything Dr. Uh, S- Dr. St. Anthony Fauci says. So uh, we'll give you your latest orders coming up in about 60 seconds. This is the Glenn Beck Program. What if I told you that I have come up with a way here that can not only save you money on your cell phone plan, but that while doing so, you get the same coverage that you're paying too much for now, the same or better level of customer service, and the money you do pay wouldn't be helping to support leftist causes like Planned Parenthood and gun control groups. I feel like that would be something people would be interested in, and that's exactly what Patriot Mobile has done. You're going to get all of that and more with Patriot Mobile. Whether you want to purchase a new phone or bring your old one along with you, they're going to welcome you to Patriot Mobile uh, with open arms. Switching is fast and easy, and you're going to be glad you did so because you're not going to be supporting left-wing causes. And look, they've got all the great technology, all the stuff that you need from a phone plan, but you don't have to support Planned Parenthood just because you want to make some freaking calls. Uh, that, that should be common sense. Right now, when you join their family of freedom-loving Americans, you can get free activation plus a free gift with the offer code BECK. Call 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Or visit patriotmobile.com slash BECK. Get your customized plan starting at just 25 bucks. 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT or patriotmobile.com slash BECK. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Uh, we got uh, some instruction from uh, from Anthony Fauci coming up that I know you don't want to miss because we hang on his every word. <laughs> and, you know, I don't live there, but is anyone else uncomfortable with the checkpoints in New York that are being set up now? I mean, 
Yeah, there's a Isn't guy it? named uh, Andrew Cuomo who thought it was very, it was the wrong thing to do. It was unconstitutional to set up checkpoints like that uh, for interstate travel because, you know, Interesting. it's un- unconstitutional. Right. Now he's implementing them, which is weird because wow. it's the exact opposite of what he was saying just a couple of months ago. But let's give him credit for all the great work he's done on coronavirus. It's been great. Mm. We have a ways uh, <laughs> of discovering if you're sick or not, no? Mm. We need to see your papers, please. Yavol? Yavol. I really, I, I would Scary. probably have it's... traveled to New York by now, but uh, if we go there from Texas, despite the fact that we have You're one under seventh for... the deaths. Yeah. Um, quarantine for two weeks. Quarantine for two weeks, supposedly. Yeah. Now, I don't know exactly how they can, inf- how, do that, how does that get enforced? I don't know. Uh, but that is what their policy apparently is at this point. Well, it, it seems like they're putting the checkpoints at all the tunnels, right? Tunnels and mm-hmm. bridges. And so when you're coming into the city, I'm guessing if you have out-of-state license plates, especially, you're going to be you're going to be checked, and and they're going to ask you some questions about where you're going, what you're doing. Okay, and you know, then, it's really convenient what? to get into New York under normal circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help but think this is going to really improve things That's and people's the, attitudes. Yeah, the people you know? in New York don't care about the 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 invasion of personal liberty. They're like the traffic's going to be worse. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yes. yes. I, although I got to imagine it's not that bad. I mean, I I can't remember the last time I dealt with traffic. Right? Like, full stop. I can't remember the last time I dealt with it. Because I, it's... And, and we've been coming to work throughout the entire pandemic. There hasn't been yeah. a day where we stayed home because of of it. And it's just because, you know, for whatever reason, we're dispensable, I, I guess. I, I don't know exactly what the reason is, but we've been coming in. And they... There's... You know, there's just... It's not a thing anymore. Traffic isn't a thing anymore. At you least, think at as least opened here. up as we supposedly are, traffic would be kind of back to normal, but... It's not. No, it's not. I mean, remember, opening up, they, you know, even the, a lot of, a lot gets made about the government policy on whether you're open or you're closed. And that really does affect things like here, for example, bar owners, right? Like they are legitimately not allowed to be open. So that is a yeah. huge difference. <clears throat> Largely though, these, de- these decisions are being made by people who are like, I don't want to go out right now. I don't, I don't feel comfortable. I don't want to deal with this. Why do mm-hmm. I want to go to a, a, a restaurant where, you know, they, they make me wear a mask and then they're wearing a mask inside and it's not fun anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I like restaurants, but I'll just order. They'll come to my house. You know, there's ways that people have adapted to this life. And yeah. a lot of it has to do with a lot less driving. And and a lot of businesses are now realizing, well, yeah, it worked out fine for people to work, work from home. So yeah. maybe we'll just keep doing that. It's a situation Like we're here. doing that here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Hardly like, anybody has returned except, you know, us that we've been here the whole time, like you said. Yeah. But the people who went home and were doing work from home are still doing that. Right. And they, they've, you know, a lot of them have been able to do their work at home. So, and, and we're one, and we're a digital company largely. So, like, we're a little bit different than, you know, your brick and mortar store, obviously. Mm-hmm. But a lot of companies are saying, you know, a third of our workers can certainly work at home. Yeah. You know, or maybe they come in just for one meeting a week. We all get together for one meeting a week to discuss, like, what the plan is, and that's it. I think that is going to be the future, which is why I keep thinking to myself the commercial real estate businesses. It's going to take a huge hit. I mean, these companies that needed so, yeah. 100,000 square feet six months ago now might need 10. You know, look, these mm. things fine. I usually have a way of working themselves out. But that one, that one in particular, because this, if nothing else, coronavirus, I think, has shown to be very much uh, you kind of worry why you would. Why, why would I live in a city? Why would I live in a city? Not to mention, you know, you have the the the, the mayors who will do anything they can to to restrict you and, and what you're trying to do. 
And you add on to that that it's the places that get hit the hardest because everyone's in tight quarters. Mm-hmm. You know, all the people, Cuomo talked about this uh, yesterday, all the people who were in New York, all the people with money, all just left. So they didn't have to deal with all of his nonsense. And mm-hmm. now he's pissed off they're not coming back because they're avoiding all their taxes. They're doing all sorts of stuff. Gee, what, what lesson does this teach you, Andy? <laughs> you know, like maybe because your taxes are so high, people are realizing that and they're not going to come back. Why would they come back? They can visit New York when they want to. They can go stay in a hotel if they have to. There's no reason to live in these cities anymore. And with this sort of stuff breaking out, with all the restrictions and all the nonsense added on to it, why would you up. bother? Yeah. Plus, it's going to help with catastrophic climate change. Because with the less <laughs> less cars and oh, vehicles on the yes. road, we're going to have less CO2. Thank heaven. Thank you. Thus, saving humanity from an extinction-level event mm-hmm. that's coming up in just five months. Five months. Yes. I've, wow. Yeah. I've upped the timetable. We <laughs> thought it was nine years. But now, now up yours. yours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we got some. We have some direction uh, from from Fauci. Thank goodness he was he was on with uh, Sanjay Gupta was interviewing him yesterday, and then they took they took some uh, questions from people online, and one of the questions was, "Were the United States of America? This seems to be hurting us more than other places where we just not." prepared for this or what happened here's that exchange dr fauci the title of this series is when public health means business and this far it seems like we haven't meant business at all uh, the united states has four percent yeah. of the world's population uh-huh. but 25 percent of the world's covid cases yes cases for a country that is the most affluent and influential. Mm-hmm. That is a catastrophe. catastrophe. My question is, yes. knowing what you now know, what would you do differently before the next pandemic or during it? Well, I, I think there's two parts of that question, sir. One is, you know, how we, how we might explain how this happened and what I would do different, and then what you would do different for the next pandemic. I think preparedness, we put together a pandemic preparedness plan as we were trying to respond to the threat of the pre-pandemic bird flu back in 2005. And again, it was a plan that was a reasonable plan. And in fact, when it was evaluated independently by Johns Hopkins, it stated that it was our preparedness for a pandemic was essentially number one in the world. But what happened when the rubber hit the road on this and we did get hit we had the kind of response that was not as well suited to what the dynamics of this outbreak is. And huh. what happened is that we had a bit of a disparate response. We, we live in a very big country and we often leave the decisions about the implementation of things at the local level. And what we've seen is a great disparity in how individual states, cities, etc., responded. The critical issue that I think we need to look at how we can get that down is that when you look at the curves and it relates to Sanjay's graph, that when we went up and then started to come down, everybody got hit badly. China got hit badly. Europe, particularly Italy, France, and Spain. When they went up and they responded, they came all the way down to a baseline so that when they started to reopen their countries in a very careful way. Right. They had to deal with little blips that could easily be controlled. 
when you looked at our curve, it's telling. And that's the thing that bothers me. Yeah. We went way up. And when we came down, we came down to a plateau of 20,000 cases per day. That is not a good baseline. We needed to get further down so that as we went along over weeks and months, mm-hmm. we stayed at 20,000 per day. Some parts of the country did very well. They came up and they came way down. Other parts of the country held it so they didn't even go up. But there were so many different players, as it were, in the country that the totality of the country, Mm -hmm. that some net of that was a flat line that was very high. And then when we decided with the guidelines of how we can open America again, for reasons that we obviously couldn't stay shut down forever, was having terrible economic consequences, terrible consequences on employment, we decided we would try to take steps to open. And when we did, we didn't do it uniformly. Some states huh. did not pay attention to the, um, the benchmarks or the checkpoints. Others did it fine, but the citizenry within a state or within a city actually did an all or none phenomenon. They said, we're locked down, so now we're just going to let it fly. Now, you could say, no, that didn't happen. But the numbers tell you what happened. All right, we got it. What happened? Uh, (laughs) What he's saying here in a really lengthy explanation (laughs) is we have a 10th Amendment to the Constitution, which gives power to the states to make their own decisions. Mm -hmm. If if it weren't for that pesky Constitution, (laughs) we could control people a lot better. Wouldn't that be great if we just if we could set fire to that constitution? So there's that. And there's another glaring omission in his explanation here of why we got hit harder than others. And it seems like there was a little situation where thousands of people were gathering together every day in the streets. <laughs> yeah. Yelling and screaming and spitting and and setting things on fire and <laughs> robbing nike yeah. stores uh the protest had nothing to do with this seems pretty notable Come to on. me seems pretty notable to me yeah uh yeah, yeah. And, and look you know it, his point on the states is is you know in, at some level probably true it's easier to to, to freaking if, if you're north korea it's probably easier yes. to control yes. a pandemic or china or china because you can just yeah. you know you weld mandate. people into their apartments right your like, central government tells people yeah. where they're going to be and they have to be there it's probably the one situation honestly the one situation i can think of where it would be great to have a dictatorship if you're king you could just do whatever you want and you just yeah you can lock everyone away and it won't be spread like yes but it's not worth the trade-off obviously Obviously, um, you know, the states states obviously have to Safety be able to take for their own our, for our freedom. Yeah, we're, we'll take that uh, over freedom every time, apparently, or yeah. we should be doing it. Yeah. And I don't think look, I don't think we should. And and, and he's not even, you know, I, I mean, he kind of just touches on this, but several places are having up to and look at Israel's chart. It looks just like ours. I mean, I, you know, is the it, Philippines yeah. is another example of somebody yeah. who locked down really tight. Mm hmm. And they're having a huge spike right now. India, Peru. I mean, when you look uh-huh. at the, the excess deaths as compared to the population, we're not even close to the top of that chart. Lots of other, well, you know, still Peru, Ecuador, Spain, Chile, uh, UK, Italy, Belgium, France, Netherlands, Sweden, Switzerland, all ahead of us. So that's and, at and least that, 10. Is that 12? How many? Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Yeah, it makes us 12. And there's only 20 Jeez. measured. Um, 
you know, wow. uh, Brazil and Brazil is theoretically behind us at this point. But I mean, does anybody believe you look at Brazil? They're at 100,000 deaths with a smaller population than us. It started mm-hmm. much later than ours. Uh, and they are a, a country in complete disarray over this. It's, you know, this yeah. is uh, they've been hit. Really they're going to find hundreds of thousands of deaths in countries like places like brazil like you you, you look at india with over a billion people you're really gonna tell me you know they're gonna they're having you know twenty thousand cases a day in india no i mean come on obviously not there's no it's not happening to me the same in china i think china's lied through their teeth the whole time you're telling me they've only had 4600 deaths china really i i don't believe it either I don't, I don't believe that. it either. And it's, it's that's to the point where even left wing commentators will acknowledge. Yeah, we don't really believe those numbers. Right. Because you can't. I mean, it's, it doesn't make any sense. You can't. But I mean, you know, like in theory, if, if you're a country, you know, they, people praise places like South Korea or, you know, well, what South Korea, the way they got that under control was they broke all sorts of things in our constitution to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can like, yeah, you know, I don't want to make that trade off, frankly. I don't want to make that trade-off. No, I'm not willing to do either. it. But I mean, like they're talking about all sorts of things that the U.S. would be very uncomfortable with: central quarantine and and you know forced uh, digital tracing of contacts. These are effective policies if your people let you do them. And when you don't <laughs> right. have to care about whether the people agree or not, it makes it a lot easier. That yes. doesn't mean that a dictatorship is better than the United States <laughs> system. Are you sure? I'm really? pretty sure. Yeah. Huh, that's a radical I, I, thing that you're crazy. just saying, <laughs> Stu. Might want to rethink that. Hmm. More in 60 seconds. Well, there was a time back in the day where men built castles. They put up high fortified walls made of thick stone and had deep moats surrounding them. Also, they had murder holes in the side of the wall so they could shoot arrows at anyone who got too close. Murder holes. It's a solid band name, not a good housing development. Um, why was all of this necessary? Because the idea of someone coming into your home and taking your crap is, is as old as civilization itself. Fortunately, in our you know, modern high-tech era, we no longer need castles. You don't even need murder holes unless you just want one, which is, you know, it could be fun to have on the side of your house, could raise the value of your property. We don't know. Simply Safe makes it easy and affordable to have the best home security on the market without moats and murder holes. Their state of the art equipment around the clock monitoring make uh, Simply Safe the first name in the business. And when you pair how simple it is to get set up with the fact that you're going to pay 50 cents a day for monitoring, that's it. Well, you got a no brainer there. Head to simplysafebeck.com and get a free HD security camera, simplysafebeck.com. Make sure they know uh, the Glenn Beck program sent you by going to simplysafebeck.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Glad you brought that up, Stu. I'm going to ask my realtor about murder holes. Would a murder hole raise the value of my property? Yeah. I'm going to look into that. Just making sure you get done by a real professional. You can't just cut a hole in the side of your house. Oh, no. You I mean, that get would be right. silly. Mm-hmm. You want your murder hole to be appropriately installed. If, 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 if there's, a, I mean, you don't yeah. really install a hole, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. You want to have the nice like bedding on the other side of it so you can be comfortable as you're, yeah. as you're pointing your bow and arrow outside of the murder hole. Right. That's the way it works. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. 933 Also, Fauci had some things to say. Uh, got into a discussion with Sanjay Gupta uh, about the testing and what's, what's happening with our testing policies and why we haven't had the rapid test thing happen yet. Mm. Here's what they said. 
why don't we have it yet? If this is doable, I'm not asking for a fantasy here, but I got to tell you, Dr. Fauci, I made this case to uh, Admiral Draw the other day. I was in the operating room this past Monday. I got a CAT scan on my patient. I got coagulation numbers on my patient. I got a cardiac echo on my patient. I was doing brain surgery on this patient, could not get a COVID result. Right. As a result, we all had to put on N95 masks, use up PPE, which is also hard to get, put ourselves at increased risk. A COVID test, right. even within the situation, why, why so many months don't we have the situation you just described? You know, um, Sanji, I could bend myself into a pretzel trying to get out of that question. It's unacceptable, period. And I don't know why, because that's not what I do every day. But I can tell you, they're trying, but they're not. I mean, obviously, again, when you say something like that, it gets distorted. You are a, 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 a real world example of why we've got to do better. I mean, to say, and I know I've been in situations like that, I can get things done medically so fast it'll spin your head. There you were in the operating room having to put on PPE because you didn't know what you're paying. I mean, that is totally unacceptable. And for me to say anything different is distorting reality. So my question is, who's to blame on that? Is Donald Trump is is the federal government really responsible for developing a rapid virus test? Is no. Do you drop that uh, at his lap? I don't think so. Yeah, no, no. Fauci doesn't do that there. No, yeah, he didn't do that. Yeah, but others CNN, will do that. They'll pick up on that and they'll say, "Yeah, see, he's saying the president's effort with the testing is just not acceptable." Yeah, I mean, they spent a bunch of money, and the federal government is spending a lot of money to develop these tests, and they should be developed, and I think they will be. But again, this is all. It's and hard. We've tested fifty-five million people. Yeah. I mean, you know, by far the most in the world. By far the most in the world. Uh, eight. We've you know we're about at <clears throat> about a little under. We've we have ticked down oddly in the last couple of weeks, mm. which is a strange development. Um, I would say, um, but we were at about eight hundred and eight hundred and thirty thousand uh, per day at the end of July. Per day, um, and now we're down to about uh. six eighty-one. But still, okay. it's, it's a lot of tests. It's a lot, yeah. um, and it is more by far than anywhere else in the world. You know, I mean, it, the, the the rapid test would be a really nice development because even it to would. this day, so you find out. Uh, you, you know, know now, like Glenn wants to get a test right now. He's out. You know, his family has COVID. He, yeah. he he's sick. He wants to get a test. It's going to take him four or five days to wind up getting the test and getting the results, and that's not really helpful. <laughs> you no, know, you, right. you need you need to have that done in thirty or forty-five minutes. I think that will come, but it's never going to be on a time uh, schedule we're all comfortable with. This is the Glenn Beck program. If you uh, are in pain every day, you might be one of these people who have just been like, ah, screw it. I'm sick of fighting. This is the way it's going to be. I'll just live with the pain. I, you know, I just won't do those things I want to do anymore. I won't deal with, uh, you know, my, my grandkids come over. I'll sit on the couch and I'll watch TV with them. I won't go out and play with them. Uh, you know, you, you come up with these workarounds for your life. And that's not the, that's not right. You don't, you shouldn't have to do that. Uh, inflammation is a big cause for most people's pain. And if you want to solve that, you want to try something that's not a drug, but it was developed by doctors. You want to try Relief Factor. 70% of people who try Relief Factor go on to order more. They're not just doing that because you know they, they, it feels good. They're doing it because it's actually solving the problem for them. You can order a three-week quick start for only nineteen ninety-five. 
what do you have to lose? Uh, you know, look, it's it's one of those things where Glenn has been dealing with pain like this for a long time. It's really helped him. It's helped a lot of people around this office. Give it a try. Relieffactor.com is the place to go. Or give him a call. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. Or relieffactor.com. It's relieffactor.com. By the way, don't forget to use the promo code GLENN, G-L-E-N-N, for $10 off your subscription at blazetv.com. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn. You know, I did have some concerns that some of society's ills are pretty tough to deal with. And we're dealing with this whole racist thing and, and then nuance with white people and privilege and fragility and all kinds of stuff and i was starting to think well maybe maybe this is something we don't overcome for a while because it's pretty tough to deal with and then the pac-12 football players stepped up oh really and i realized well yeah why haven't we turned to the pac-12 to fix it the pac-12 conference can fix this you know they have the power they have the ability it's just nobody's asked them to before and so fortunately, I think we talked about this on Monday on the show, but it was in the first hour. So uh, you might not be aware, but the Pac-12 players have made a whole list of demands that, uh, first of all, they want to be safe with the COVID thing. That's a totally reasonable totally request. Totally reasonable. want to be safe. I mean, I mean, look, it's a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. It, everybody wants to be safe and millions of people have caught it. So it's not easy, but okay. I mean, that's a of rational, course. as safe as possible you want to be able to to have that when you go back and play. I'd, I'd want that too. Reasonable. They want medical insurance for sports-related medical conditions. Now, I think they have that, uh, but okay. That's I'm interesting. Fine, fine with that. Don't they get treated uh, as athletes by medical professionals? I would think so, but yeah, I, I, I don't so know all too. the details. I would say that doesn't... I mean, sports-related medical conditions, right? Mm-hmm. I think of more like you know broken legs, right? Yeah, or um, an ACL or yeah. whatever. Uh, where... The COVID thing, I mean, it doesn't seem necessarily COVID related, but, you know, mm-hmm. hey, let's, uh, hey. No, let's, it's not. And some of these veer off just a little bit. Just a little, okay. Off the COVID, uh, I hate, hesitate to call it, wait, the COVID road, let's call it, instead of a plantation. Because off the plantation now would be well, a horrible well, racist, racist It's racist thing to, to get married there, I mean, like a decade ago, <laughs> so it's definitely racist yes, to say it, it now. <laughs> Now, a decade ago when you got married there, it wasn't. It wasn't, but, but now but it it's now retroactively it retroactive. racist. Yeah, exactly. That's the most important thing in our society right now, <laughs> retroactive racism, Pat. <laughs> we need to make sure that we're identifying the words that are now racist and were not previously, then go back to the people who said them previously and apply our standards today to them, uh, to them in that era. Well put. Thank you. Very well said. They want to earn money for the use of their name, image, and likeness. Now, I think that's great, too. That's uh, fine. That's not COVID-related, right. though. No, it's, it's not, not COVID to do with COVID related. safety. No, it is not. But you said veer a little. I a mean, little that's just bit, them. Just ever so slightly off the path. <laughs> that doesn't seem anywhere close on. to COVID to me. <laughs> In fact, it seems like it might cause a problem with COVID if they're out signing autographs for uh, people. But okay. All right. But they want to be able to compete, uh, complete their athletic eligibility after participating in a pro draft if they're undrafted or they decide they want to return to the school instead so if they change your mind they want to come back that's great okay. for the nfl too where they draft a player and they're like ah, i'm gonna nah, go back to I'm school to. <laughs> thanks though it's <laughs> okay uh they want to be able to transfer one time without punishment all right mm-hmm. which is because when things go bad and it didn't happen your way wait. <laughs> the logical thing is to leave and go somewhere else well sure but again like 
aren't we talking about a pandemic here? Like, what what does this have yeah, to do? I, as I mentioned, it's a tad off the path. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't. You keep using this word tad. I don't think it means what you think it means. Uh, you might be right. I'm not sure. Uh, let's see. So they want to transfer. They want half of each sports conference revenue divided among the athletes. <laughs> completely reasonable right half of the revenue yes half of the revenue do i mean i like even major league franchises don't always give that that's correct uh, but that's they correct. want that in college now yes is this just yes, another professional league that they're trying to create well if you if you cave into this and they do this then yes it wouldn't become the minor league for the nfl and then no one will watch it and there'll be no revenue right if it's just that it my, changes it, everything yeah. in college football and i think ruins it if it's the minor leagues i mean people don't watch the minor leagues in baseball all that much i mean some people they don't watch the g league in basketball right they don't do no because we want to see the best play yeah no one cares about the the world's second best athletes no you care about the best athletes no okay so then there's just this one other aspect ever so slightly off the beaten path of COVID 19 but they're not going to return to practice and play fo- football games mm-hmm. in the Pac-12 right? until their demand of an end to racism in sports and society is met. Now, when, right. the, when the Pac-12 finally... <laughs> and I don't know why we haven't asked them prior to this, because obviously uh, this is something the Pac-12 is tremendous at, fixing societal ills. So I don't know. Are I, they though? I, I didn't. I was not aware of that. If they were really, yeah. Where have you? Been? I mean, they seem like a football conference. Where You're saying that they're going to solve not only racism within football, or yes, let's just or start. all sports. Can you solve racism among your 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 conference? I mean, that would be very difficult to do. It would. Now you're saying oh, the entire sport of football, very difficult. Basketball. Now baseball, it's all sports. Hockey, soccer, right? tennis, all sports. Now, yes. how would the Pac-12 football conference guarantee no racism in <laughs> tennis in the Big East? I don't know. You're not realizing how powerful the Pac-12 really is. I guess not. Uh, no, you're because not. you get to the you're last not. one, and I have real, yeah. real hesitation here. Well, I'm surprised. How would the Pac-12, Pat, mm-hmm. solve all racism in society by finally putting their mind and resources to it? That's how they do it, Stu. Don't play coy with me. Don't <laughs> I, like you don't know how they're going to do this. I feel like it's a bigger problem than the Pac-12 can handle. And I love. I, I woke up this morning to the story from the desert. News, which is in Salt Lake City, uh, columnist Doug Robinson has the headline: "Pac-12 player demands reasonable and overdue <laughs> reasonable <laughs> reasonable to end racism in sports and society." <laughs> <laughs> okay, all righty. This sounds like just okay. people who don't want to come back and play. It, right? It kind of yeah. does. Now yeah. I understand. Like we said. A, fully behind them on protecting them from COVID-19. Yeah. Do whatever you can to, you know, make it as safe as possible for the players. You owe that to them. Of course. And you can't guarantee it. You can't guarantee nobody's going to get sick, but you you do your your best. best. Yep. And I would think they're probably doing that without the demands being made. I would think, Mm -hmm. you know, because the last thing they want to do is scrap the season. Right. Then they they lose all that revenue. Exactly. I mean, even despite the fact that they also probably care about the players and their, you know, student athletes. Uh, they also don't right. don't want to lose the money associated Correct. with their season, and we've seen what's happened with like you know the, the Miami Marlins who missed an entire week of games. You start missing weeks of games 
mm. in football, I mean, your season's over. You exactly. Just don't, it's not even a season. Yeah. I mean, you only have, uh, how many home games, Pat? Six? Six. <laughs> you know, I, so mm-hmm. you can't miss those weeks. Right. You're losing out on a lot of your revenue. So you have to assume they're going to do everything they can to try to protect uh, the, the players For sure. from that. Uh, and, but and that, but that's a, it's a reasonable demand that's probably already being met. I would think so. So I'm a little hesitant on uh, thinking that there is going to be a Pac-12 football season because they don't have a lot of time to solve the societal racial issue. Uh, they better get on that right away. So they need like an express <laughs> solution. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Something that works and stops all racism everywhere immediately. I can't. I um, mean, I don't. Is there a is hmm. there a shot like a, a vaccine? Maybe the a racism vaccine that they've been keeping from they've us? been keeping from us. Maybe they could do widely distribute it. It'd be tough. Very possible. Because it'd be, you'd have to do it quickly. The other great thing is that the Pac-10 is uh, jumping in on this bandwagon as well. So is this just going to be something all college conferences do now is they they jump into the, we're not going to play unless there's an end to racism. Uh, Okay. You're probably not going to play then. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wish they would just say that. Uh, Yeah. I guess we're Um, just not playing. Let's look at your list of demands. Uh, (laughs) Nope. We can't do it. So uh, we'll see you guys in 2021. I mean, we gave it a shot. We did try and uh, we called a few minorities and we said, hey, we're on your side. Uh, But it didn't stop anything. So is there a solution to solve all racism by then? My only my only thing to give a world to here, Pat, Mm -hmm. would be like a we are the world anti-racism song. Oh, if you could do that. And then you get all the celebrities around and maybe they could kind of say a catchphrase into a camera and repeat it. And like, what if you added a hashtag to that? Ooh. Hashtag and uh, racism in society. Something like that. Because if we, if we have... <laughs> then you're on to something, don't, right? We shouldn't say this on the air because the Pac-12 should hire us as consultants here. We've almost got this thing worked out. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, Think of like what a self-defeating mm-hmm. thing this is. If you believe the Pac-12 can solve all racism in society what you're admitting is it's not a very serious problem <laughs> hey, like that's a good point too that's you know, pretty solid yeah it's like if, if it's that yeah. easy that a conference could just do it <laughs> well i mean maybe you're maybe it's not as big an issue as you think it is uh, right uh, my guess is that it's not something that you could solve but my, you know richard spencer's not sitting at his mom's in mean, his mom's basement right now being like you know what the pack pack 12 had never asked before maybe white people aren't superior you know i don't know we're on and then he calls david duke and dave dave found out Did you hear this from the pack 12 they call you <laughs> I, I got a whatsapp message and they said we should stop being racist i think we should i think this is a good point and then i went on twitter this morning and i found a hashtag to end all racism and like i don't know what to do now yeah I mean, like, I, it's really, and Balloonhead745 retweeted it. I mean, almost everybody's in. What, what, what do we do? Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Well, the Fed has made a couple of promises to the American people, uh, and I just wanted to pass them on to you so you can feel as comforted as I do. First of all, they are never, ever, ever going to print money wildly with nothing to back it up. That's not going to happen. Never going to happen and more importantly the fed will never ever buy up our debt not a little certainly not a lot certainly not all of it of course there is uh, this tiny little issue having uh, our credit rating is being downgraded again and 
Maybe that's because the Fed is doing both of the things they promised never to do. Uh, please consider putting some of your portfolio into gold. Isn't it a good idea to consider this right now? You've seen how crazy the world is and what is going on around the world. Why not invest in uh, in precious metals? Do your own homework. Make sure it's right for you. Right now, for example, uh, right, we've got uh, savvy buyers and informed consumers are scooping up gold lines, $5 gold Liberty coins at a record pace for one week only. Gold line is giving away for free a half ounce platinum coin with their $5 gold Liberty coins. Uh, call to find out about this offer. It's really cool. Uh, it's not often that you can hear uh, you, you, they do offers like this. So check it out. A full half ounce platinum coin for free. Uh, but with gold line, you know, it's genuine gold line, 866 gold line. It's 866 gold line. Check it out. 866 gold line. Pat and Stu for Glenn. Hopefully uh, Glenn will be back tomorrow feeling better. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Something that we don't talk an awful lot about the music in presidential campaigns or any campaign for that matter. But uh, the one we're kind of dealing with right now, because it's a presidential election year, is uh, is the music that that both Trump and, and Biden play at their rallies uh, or campaign events. Well, it is getting to the point now with these musicians that they are demanding that Trump not play their songs. He's he's kind of uh, he's kind of alone. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to be playing at his events any, anymore because Mick Jagger, Sheryl Crow, uh, REM, Aerosmith, everybody has said, "Hey, you cannot use our stuff because they're all." they're all leftists right and so uh the same thing of course nobody's sending a cease and desist letter to joe biden they don't none of them care he can play he can essentially play safely play or use virtually anyone he wants to and meanwhile the president i don't know who marie osmond maybe (laughs) And he, I don't know. Maybe even she issues a cease and desist uh, for playing Paper Roses at his rally. I don't know if he's tried that, <laughs> but there's nowhere for him to go. Uh, and it just, it's amazing to me that nobody talks about the unfairness of this kind of stuff, I, where Trump is just left with nothing to do on his campaign rallies. Yeah, and I, I, I don't think... They can actually stop it. Can no, they? they pretty much just complain about it. Yeah, and then you'll look bad if you keep doing it. Right, but I don't think Trump cares about that. I know he some sometimes he's just kept playing the stuff. Now it's a different story when you're talking about like these. You know, there was the one ad that got pulled down from uh, Twitter and Facebook because it had I think Lincoln Park's music in it, um, and that got taken down. Yeah, they were not happy. You can't about do that. You, you can't do that. But playing music at an event that you're not charging for, right? I don't, I don't think there's much room for. <laughs> for a musician to say anything about that and yet they do i mean they can say they what they want right like yeah we can say like, it, like like if joe biden started playing this show through the speakers before his rallies like we could say we don't want them to do that but i mean I, on the other hand i don't know i think it might be a good thing for that to happen well that that, that they should do yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> clearly yeah. and and the same should apply to these musicians who are getting their music out to people that maybe didn't have access to it or weren't exposed to it in the first place it's just interesting that you know they'll take the politics over the cash and that's how strongly they hate donald trump so yeah they they i mean clearly right and the, the other part about it is there are actually 
a decent amount of artists that would be fine with Donald Trump playing uh, their music there. Air Supply? (laughs) Barry Manilow? I don't know. I, I, I'm I not sure any about of these Manilow. people. Yeah. Um, but I think like there are, they're just not going to come out and say it. And, you know, would be bad it, for them. it would. They wouldn't like it to happen because they'd rather just kind of stay in the closet as conservatives. I mean, we've talked about, you know, a Craig T. Nelson, the guy who was a, you know, his coach and he was on, um, uh, you know, he's been on a bunch of, of, of huge shows and movies over the years. And he was interviewed by Glenn back on Headline News. It was like 2008, 2009, maybe. No, I guess that'd be 2007 or 8. Or maybe it was Fox in 2009. I think it was Fox. Very early days of Fox. And he was up for the role of the dad um, in Modern Family. Like, he was going to get Mm -hmm. that role. Mm -hmm. And um, what's his face? Uh the guy from married with children wound up getting it. Um, why can't I think of it? Oh something? yeah. Uh, Ed, Ed, Ed uh, something or other. Yes, Ed something. Yes. Anyway, um, they, they did a history of the modern family and talked to the directors and stuff. And the director said, yeah, we saw him on this interview with Glenn Beck. And he just, that made us think that maybe he wasn't as stable as we thought. And we decided to go a different direction. Oh, you've got to be kidding yeah, like me. Are, and this costs this guy, Craig T. Nelson, like a hundred million dollars because he did one interview with Glenn. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's fascinating to see this. And this is why, you know, have a lot of people sticking their heads out because you get punished for it. Wow. It's, it's, not, Unreal. it's not right. Unreal. All right. Uh, Glenn may be back tomorrow. We'll keep our fingers crossed.